Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, what is up? We are in awesome Westfield, Indiana. We are at the training facility of the Indy 11 today, where we will talk to a number of people regarding the Indy 11. As you can tell, we're outside right now, outside uh, in back of the official training center of the Indy 11 off of Springville Road and I think 191st street is where we are i was just down at sundown gardens of course the official redoer and landscaper of me and this show i was down there a little bit earlier too to check stuff out but seriously you know it's funny every time i come up here no matter what amount of time passes before the last time i was up here uh, it seems like something else is growing it's absolutely incredible so we're going to talk some uh indy 11 our older head coach mark lauer is going to join us coming up in the next 15 minutes or so Evan Sidery of Basketball News, I believe that is at the bottom of the hour with Evan. we got to get to that because the latest today, a lot of stuff, a lot of rumors happening regarding the Pacers, and I'm sure we'll talk about that all day. So the latest was from Shams uh, maybe two, three hours or so ago that the Pacers were dealing Chris Duarte, the guard, to the Sacramento Kings for what was described as draft considerations. Now, that's not a wing player that you haven't heard of. Draft considerations would be what a lot of you talk about all time, all the time in terms of what the Pacers have done with a lot of these picks, this whole leverage and draft capital and stuff just like that. And I guess what you're going to do is look into exactly what we believe they're trying to do. Is there a bigger deal on the horizon to a bunch of smaller deals that we have seen so far? Or in this case, with what they're doing with Chris Duarte, again, reportedly, nothing official as of yet, but reportedly Chris Duarte going to the Sacramento Kings for draft considerations. Now, I'll follow this story all day long because it could be really one of two things here. And I know you're going to go, oh, yeah, JMV, really one of two things. Yeah, that's a coin on it. Uh, it could be we get some really important news regarding the Pacers a little bit later on this afternoon, or we get Jack Squat. 
And we go into the weekend thinking about trading Chris Duarte for draft considerations. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, it would seem to me that there is something larger scale on the horizon. And, of course, the usual suspects have been named with the exception of of Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is a player that we have talked about. Alex Golden and I talked about him yesterday. In fact, I think a lot of you were a little bit resigned to the fact that he was going to end up being a pickup, the major pickup for the Pacers this offseason. And it took literally like five seconds for things to get underway to where Harrison Barnes reportedly is going back to Sacramento which does make a lot of sense. But at the same time, that was a target for many Pacer fans out there as what they thought for a wing player with the connections of the past, with Rick Carlisle, the connections with Tyrese Halliburton. But there should be a lot go. We'll see if a lot goes on today with regard to the Pacers. Now, listen, I'm all for sticking by a plan. I am all for trying to you know, make sure you really get better down the road. But as I mentioned on Twitter a little bit earlier today when asked, my, my sports clock is ticking right here, okay? Like I'm 5'3 on your radio dial here, not in height. But I am 5'3, looking to be 5'4 coming up here in December. And if you expedite the process of winning, that's okay with me. Because I have been around and I have seen since for the past number of years, as we all have with your favorite teams professionally around here, with the Pacers and the Colts in mind, you have seen a great deal of losing, a great deal of ineffectiveness. And you have heard a lot. You have heard a lot from the Colts regarding, well, you know what, this is what we're going to win. This is what we're going to do. We're going to change the quarterback and do this. We're going to change the quarterback and do that. And none of which has come to fruition. So we know where we stand with the Colts, but with the Pacers, it's a little bit different because there is something you can go off of last year that would lead you to believe that they indeed are on the right track. But I will say this. I don't mind if... You expedite if you quicken the pace on that fast track. And I know it's all about the plan. And I know all that crap. But it's also more so than anything else. It's all about the winning. It's all about getting a winning mentality here once again, which consistently it simply has not been. So if they're able to do something, oh, watch. Tobias Harris is a name that's been brought up as well. And, again, he's got an interesting situation. Like, he'd be here for a year, and then you can decide furthermore if you want him, if you don't, or whatever. But that has been a name that was mentioned. Alex Golden brought that up yesterday. Uh, You have a whole lot of other names that have also been mentioned. Uh, Bruce Brown Jr. is the latest from the – Finals champion Denver Nuggets. Again, I think that's Jake Fisher of Yahoo that has reported that the Pacers have hard targeted Bruce Brown. If you can remember, I think it was Mike Malone that said when everybody was half cocked and drunk on that parade route a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Mike Malone that said there's no way in the world that Bruce Brown wasn't coming back. And then everybody there kind of looked at the uh, – the spreadsheet of financials and maybe you decide uh, he's not going to come back because you can't pay him what others want to end up paying him or you don't want to pay him what others are going to end up paying him. But Jake Fisher has that as a rumor that is out there as well. But these are all rumors that we will follow. Uh, The one thing I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear 
like it's, it's kind of what I brought up in terms of when you're somebody that does this. Like, I'm never going to come on here and say, hey, this is what I heard going on with the Pacers, but I can't tell you about it right now. Maybe I heard something that's going on with the Pacers. Maybe I heard something that's going on with the Colts, but it's really stupid of me to say that and go, well, you know, I can't tell you. I mean, what you have to do in that case, I mean, if you really want to get somewhat of a word out there, let's just say, you know, you're protecting friends or sources in this case, and then you kind of put something on Twitter where people can gravitate to that a little bit. But I've never been one to say here, well, that's what I was told, but I can't tell you right now. And what I mean and how I'm giving this kind of a comparison to the Pacers here is that I don't think I want to hear after the fact how hard they tried but came up empty. Know what I mean? And I know, listen, it's so easier said than done. I mean, what Chad Buchanan and what Kevin Pritchard and what everybody's doing is is so much more difficult than I or anybody else lead everybody on to be. But I don't want to hear that, yeah, we really went for that big swing and we couldn't, you know, the old quote, we couldn't get two to tango. We couldn't get somebody on the same page. We couldn't do it because that that has no longer a really good feeling. That almost now, considering the path that we believe this team is on, seems like a failure. Like there was a point in time when you go, oh, okay, well, you guys are really going at it right now. Okay. But I think that time now has come and gone. Because much like if I were to come on here and say, well, here I got, uh, I know some breaking news from the Colts, but I can't tell you. If you come out after the fact, for example, if somebody else goes someplace else, or if another player goes someplace else, and then you say, well, we were going really hard after that player, but things just didn't work out. I, I don't know if anybody around here wants to hear that any longer. And it's great. You can utilize the term optionality. That certainly has become a buzzword around here. But I think people, and I know we've seen it with, with the Halliburton deal in the past. I know we have seen it with where they're trying to position themselves right now. What do they have right now? Like $36.3, $36.5 million. I mean, you're going to have to spend that on somebody. But I think we're all in the same spot right now where you don't really want to have to hear about how they did go big. Yeah, you know what? We did go big. We're not sitting on our hands. I don't think anybody believes they're sitting on their hands, but if if you go after something, you want to see them reap, and you want to see, as a fan here, reap the fruits of their labor. That's when you tell us about it. Hey, you know what? We knew we hard-targeted X player here. We really wanted Tobias Harris. We thought his situation would work uh, both in the now and then for the future with the decisions we have to make, with the flexibility we have. And we went out there and we got it done. Oh, if it's Bruce Brown, you know what? We hard-targeted him. We loved the way he came off the bench with the Nuggets. We love what he did for the NBA champion Nuggets. And we just thought, this is the guy that we want. And we hard-targeted that, and we went out and got it. I don't think anybody wants to hear, well, you know what? We weren't really big, but it didn't work out. And then we came up with optionality. Nothing. I think we're past that point right now. Much like in terms of the Colts, you are past the point where anybody's going to tell you, well, this is where we're going to be. This is where we think we're going to be right now. That's why you don't hear the Colts saying anything right now, because they know. 
It's exactly what the Pacers did, and I thought the Pacers did phenomenally last year. You over-deliver in this case. You don't under-deliver. I mean, undersell it and over-deliver. That's exactly what the Colts have to do this year. And that's exactly what I want to see the Pacers continue to do. They undersold it and over-delivered. That's what you need. That's what I want to see. And over that's, That is the oh, wow. I mean, that's when you can say you're swinging big and you made contact on it. That's something the Colts have to learn. Now, hopefully they have learned. Because I'm assuming they have, considering we haven't heard much, you know, as far as expectations this year. I guess because you start with the fact that they don't know who the quarterback is going to be just yet, and rightly so. But again, it is a very easy formula. It's an incredibly difficult job because you get the smartest of the smart, and everybody wants to whip everybody else's ass. It is incredibly difficult. But the Pacers did it last year, and it worked out great. I mean, normally, if you have a team that doesn't make the playoffs and has it in a while, you kind of view it and go, oh, man, what a huge failure this year was. But you look at the 10-game upswing in wins, and you look at an all-of-a-sudden reason to get more excited about this group. You see hope. And what did they do at the start of the season? Rick Carlisle said, hey, this may look really bad at some point, but hang with us because it's all going to be okay. I'm going to tell you what. That is one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and I know I'm late to the party, but this is a remote control line setter. Have you seen that, Olivia? I don't know if we can see that Roman by right here. Hey, is that on the iPad control right there? Oh, hell. You know how much fun I could have with that thing? Can you imagine me putting just a big keg or something like that? Hey, let's go out there. Just roll a keg like right down the sidewalk to wherever you're having a party. So my man over here, I don't know if we can see it here. I'm going to turn this around and watch him. You mind if I put you on camera here? My man over here is setting the lines on the practice fields out here. So this thing is remote control. He fills it up with all that chalk-like gunk right there or paint or whatever the hell it is. He fills that up, and then that thing does it on its own. That is remote control. Shout out to the Grand Park facilities managers and people right here. That is absolutely awesome. You're going to get it to go. When you get it to go, let me know, and I'll turn that thing back around. Excuse me. <clears throat> I am going to cough once. Oh, here it is. Oh, you're going to go ahead and cut a line right here? See, I mean, the little things in life, the little things in life kind of really excite me. So this is right here. If there's something I love, it's stuff that is remote control, just like that right there, or goes on its own, as we have seen. But anyway, that's where we are today with the Indy 11 at their official training facility up here in Westfield. And I will guard on a lot of this news that is breaking right now. And a lot of it, again, is just a great deal of rumor. You got that. And then you have notable names that no longer are going to be in noteworthy positions with the ESPN. And I know it all comes down to cash, and I know it's what all these eggheads in the suits all decide. Billy Walsh and Entourage was right, man. There are some suits, but a lot of suits get in the way. So you're going to have to explain to me why in the world your best NBA analyst is reportedly out of a gig in Jeff Van Gundy. You'll have to explain that one to me. You'll have to explain that to me and tell me how that has to make sense. Excuse me, a little bit of a 
itch in the throat right there. But you're going to have to explain to me how that makes sense because it simply does not. But you had Jeff Van Gundy, who by far is their best NBA analyst. I think Jalen Rose also was let go. Uh, Max Kellerman, who else was reportedly let go earlier today. Steve Young was another one from football. It just seems like every 30 or so minutes, new names come out. But the one that really sticks is that of, of Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy is an absolute joy to listen to break down games. You can say what you want, but there are not very many people better than him in breaking down a game. And I don't necessarily watch these games at all just for a breakdown from somebody that's talking wearing a suit. But he is somebody that I really enjoy listening to when he's doing a game. Now, plus, when he's doing a game, that means it's a big game. That means it's a large type of atmosphere going. But still, that is a lot of news coming out of Disney and a lot of news coming out of ESPN. And that one is at the top of the list of, oh, okay, really? That's what you're doing? Is getting rid of or at least reportedly laying off your best NBA analyst. I I guess if you cover the NBA and you have the rights to the NBA, that's one way to go, right? Guess that's one way to go. Go for somebody that um, is not as good as everybody else that you have within that program right there. But we'll keep you on top of that as well. we got Major League Baseball later on tonight. Reds and Padres over in Cincinnati. Red Legs have a weekend set at home with the Padres. We shall talk about that. But coming up here and joining us right now, I think you just had a sweet workout in there. That's exactly what I did. Not really, as you can tell. There was no workout going on whatsoever, but we are here. And unless you talk about clearing limbs and trees and such down on the south side. And by the way, too, I know a lot of you are dealing with the lack of power, and you have for the past 12 hours or so. Uh, hang in there. My mom is the same thing. My mom's calling me like every hour and says, you know what? The power's not back on here in Greene County yet. But it has certainly been an issue for a lot of people in central Indiana and around the state of Indiana. So hopefully uh, everything is going okay with you. Meantime, joining us here, the official Indy 11 training facility in Westfield. It is the head coach of the Indy 11, Mark Lowry, is with us. Hello, Mark. How you doing, man? Good to be here. It's a beautiful day, right? It is a nice day out here. Uh-huh. A little bit sweaty, but that's all good. A little humid. Get out there and yeah. play a little bit. If so. you were here this time yesterday, you'd have been in the middle of a storm. Oh, so. did, you get a, did you get a head <laughs> oh, yeah, up here too? Yeah. I think I think everybody it looked like that the storm that came in around about three o'clock or so was a wide swath of the state. It just kind of came in like a boomerang and Black just clouds hammered through, yeah. everybody. But yeah. uh, how are things going? Yeah, all good. Um, it's been a good week. We got a good game this weekend against San Diego. We're coming off a win last week in Hartford, so the guys feel good. And uh, it, it, the, the year so far, how's it going for you and uh, where you feel? Yeah, we started off really right well. Now. Yeah, we started the season off really well. Then we hit a little, little bit of a, a blip for a, for a couple of games. Um, but I would say the last month to six weeks have been good, even though we've been juggling some a pretty bad injury crisis, um, trying to band-aid a few guys to get out there and play. But the, the, the performance and results have been pretty good lately. Is it, it It seems like to me with soccer players, and we often talk about this, and again, easier said than done, hey, can you play through that? How often do these guys play through, you know, those those nicks? And, and obviously, you know, speed and agility is job one out mm-hmm. there, and that just will transform your effectiveness to the negative, which is probably tough overall for the squad. Yeah, 100%. I, I wouldn't say everybody on every game is playing through something, but I would say every week I have that conversation with with 
two or three players look how, how how long can you give us today you know is that 50 is that 60 minutes can you push the 90 because then i have to obviously then strategize my substitute pattern with regards to okay i don't think this guy can go the four games who's on the bench and come on and replace him so yeah the, those conversations happen every week and then like you said we've for example we got a guy who's probably the quickest one on the team douglas martinez has been struggling with a heel injury the last few weeks not debilitating in terms yeah. of but enough to slow him down Right? right, so we've had to kind of to manage him through minutes because his game is a lot about speed, and he, and, and with the heel pain, right, he, he, it's he's hurting him. So, yeah, those conversations and that kind of juggling act happens all the time. You can't. Uh Mark, be a step slow in this game at all. Yep. You're a step slow. You might as well go to the bench, right? Yeah, no, that's right. And it, if you're a step slower or you can't get to things, it affects the guys around you. Yeah. Right? It's not just you because it's a team sport. Because then right? all of a sudden you're not where you guys train and you're not exactly. where you're supposed to There's be. There's a domino effect, yeah. yeah. So then we have to fact then, like, look, this guy today is not going to be as dynamic. So tactically then we have to set up differently to kind of maybe protect him or, or get support around. See, all those things happen, yeah. So Mark Lowry again joins us. He's the head coach of the Indy 11. So uh, what, uh, what type of run do you feel you have to have? Where's, what's, what is the reach of playoffs, playoff opportunities for you? Right now, where are you guys? We're in the we're in the playoffs positions right now. It's close. Um, the 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 conference. There's a lot of parity in the conference yeah. in general, which can make it fun and interesting, right? Because games are competitive. So I feel. I mean, if you ask any team right now, any team I think in the league, and there's 12 of us in the East and 12 in the West, but we'll just look at the East for now. Um, will tell you that they can make the playoffs because it's still pretty close. Um, we feel like we're in a good moment because we're, we're, we're coming out of this injury crisis in good form, feeling good. And this is coming up to the halfway point of the season. It starts to shake out a little bit. You kind of want to be there or thereabouts in terms of top five, top six to, to, to make the, the, the running towards you a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then you can really start thinking about playoffs. But right now, we're just trying to maintain this form, get some points on the board. But And this is the league as well. Because it's so close, if you can put a run of two, three, four wins together, yeah. that, will, that will propel you up the standings. You know, you can jump four, five, six spots. How rough was that start? And is it easy to pick things back up? Or did you put yourself in a position at the beginning of the year to really have to pick it up, noteworthy, pick it up to yep. get to where you are right now? Um, well, the start was good. The first four games were good. Then we had that three or four game run, which, you know, you drop down a little bit, but, but there's been a lot of ties this season throughout the whole league. So no one's picking up those three points as often as right. normal, which kind of really adds a separation. If, if there's a lot of ties, only one point, then they're not really, the teams aren't really getting away from you uh, and you're not really establishing that those gaps in the standings yet. Um, obviously, the, the two, three games we had there, yeah, it, it, it affected us a little bit and we dropped down. But I think the last six, I think probably the last seven games, eight games, we've, we've won three or four, tied a couple, uh, lost a couple. So we've managed to pick up points recently and getting those wins, those three points right now, it's massive because, like I said, a lot of teams are tied. So you can get the three points. That gives you a little jump. So, Mark Larroy, the Indy 11 is with us. How do you size up a game plan? How long does it take you to do that? Well, you look at what you've got you know, available for a start, right? What's the profile players that you have available, whether it's through injuries or the squad or your roster? Um, and you try and make the, the plan to suit your guys more than the opposition, actually. You want, you want to kind of pick something 
that suits the profile of players. You have to put them in positions where they're going to be successful, where they're going to be comfortable. And then you look at the opposition a little bit and, you know, what are their threats, you know, and then how, how within our game plan and our system do we neutralize the opponent's threats the best we can. So you look at it kind of both ways, but I think it's really important to whatever you pick that your players have to be comfortable with. If they're not comfortable with it or they feel like they're in a position where then they're not going to play as well or I'm exposing them, then they're not going to buy into it as much. So making sure those players are, are bought into the system, they're comfortable in it, they're, 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 they're behind it, um, and then you start looking at the opponent. But first, make sure your players are happy with what like, you're doing. For example, Mark, in the NBA, you, they have rotations. Is it rotational? for you? Is it on week-to-week -week workout or training merit? How does it go it's, in your opinion yeah, about who gets that playing it's time? It's training merit. It's, it's 100%, I would say, training merit. So we train, you know, Monday to Friday and I tell the guys quite a lot. Somebody said this to me a while ago and it took me a while to really understand it, but coaches don't pick teams. The players pick the team yeah. based on the work you do on a Monday to Friday. If you perform Monday to Friday, you've got more chance of playing on Saturday. Yeah. Is that, is that an under, understanding? Is there, you have something to explain to, especially, let's just say, for example, you have somebody that, you know, is the star of the team um, and all of a sudden didn't have a good week of training and they don't get that type of the playing time. I mean, does that, that stand for everybody? Or it stands for everybody, yeah, yeah, and that's how you get the, the buy-in from everybody. Yeah. You know, it's easy saying those things, but as a coach, if you don't live by it, then, then people start to really hang, you know, it's, it's not that serious. So we can kind of slide by a little bit. So, no, you have to make sure it's accountable. And, and, and based on the team you pick, the guys understand, you know, yeah, you know what? I didn't play well that past weekend. Haven't been at my best this week. I understand while I'm on the bench. Now I need to pick up my game. Right. And that ultimately, that competition pushes everybody to be better. Where are you from originally? England. Birmingham, England. I'm trying to think. Um, and you've been here uh, long enough to probably know. How does um, the, the culture over there growing up and loving soccer compared to, for example, the culture of the three major sports here? Yeah. If you want to talk baseball, football, yeah. or basketball. I, I would say it relates to those yeah. in terms of the culture where there's a lot of kids in the NFL or the NBA right now um, I'd say those two more than, than baseball where that, that was their life right if they weren't playing football or, or basketball yeah. what were they going to do you know and that's that, that's that's similar in England as a boy you grow up you don't think about college. You don't even think about your education. You're thinking about, I want to be a professional soccer player. So you right. kind of dedicate your whole life to it. So it becomes a, it's, it's, it's cliche, but it becomes a matter of life or death. It really does. Does like, it really? Yeah, if you, yeah. You need to make it as a pro. And you look at the country around the world, the Brazils and those places that, that produce these players. It's because these kids have nothing else. They're, they're focused and dedicated fully 100% on being a professional athlete, professional soccer player. So they're going to beat a kid every day of the week that kind of wants it, right? <laughs> right, because, right, right. Because he's, you know, and he's got college, he's got this going on, he's got, he plays three or four sports. If, if you've got a boy that's dedicated and, and this, he's got no other option, no other outlet, then that kid's going to win every time. So it does probably compare to the sports, the, the, the basketball and NFL where kids grow up and that's their dream and that's their goal. Nothing else, nothing's going to stand in their way. And in England, you know, you're surrounded by football all the time, soccer. Um, and every... All my friends wanted professionals. Yeah. I wanted to be a That's just what you want to do. Yeah. You go through school, but that was always secondary. Um, <laughs> it now, sounds like everything is secondary. Yeah, it's it's like, it yeah, is. Yeah. Now, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, 
I have I have girls. I, I don't have boys. I have two yeah. girls. No Watani parent. That's not the right way to do it, right? <laughs> Be good in school. Get your education. Go to college. Like you, the, at the same time, can you forge out a career in sports? Yeah. Right? I, th- I think you can do both. Can, can you see it early though? Can you see? Can you say, well, yep, right here, but maybe not right here. Is yeah. it easy to see? Yeah, I think you can see it early. Yeah, and it's more. It's not. And it's it's not really in the talent or the skill level. It comes yeah. down to more of the dedication, the commitment. Um, the, the the kid has to be hungry, hungry to win, not just play, but hungry to win. Yeah. And they're the ones that, that if you want to win more than the guy you're going up against, the, 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 the talent gap can be overcome, right? The physical gap can be overcome if your if your intensity and desire is bigger than theirs. So I think you see that in young players when they when you see that desire. You look at it, you know that that kid's got a chance. At the mic tomorrow too, right? At the mic, seventh. Little fireworks display going on afterwards too. Fireworks create display, your yeah. own fireworks tomorrow. That's before. the plan. We want to. Yeah, we got ninety minutes to get our fireworks, and they can watch some stuff afterwards. Man, once you come back on the show again, it's an to. absolute pleasure talking to you. Because next time you're on, I want to talk about your favorite bands out of Birmingham, England. Well, I actually went to Noel Gallagher concert last night. So I'm no, big, you big did. Oasis fan. Well, huge Oasis. They're yeah. from Manchester, but huge Oasis fan. <laughs> I got a great story. My our morning show co-host Jay Query went last night and. Invited me, but as I brought you on here, we had these storms as we talked about it. I had limb, the crap was everywhere, uh, and I couldn't make it. But was it? It was Noel that Noel, was there. Yeah, last Noel night, was there with they his. Don't, they with don't his always band. get in the same place. They do don't they? anymore. They're never in the same place, which is which is disappointing. But Noel, they're both fantastic. So I enjoyed it. They played some Oasis songs, some of the nineties stuff. So I great. saw some video of "Don't Look Back in Anger." Oh, that, that was, was legit. Legit. It was amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was legit right there, man. But we'll do that next time you're on. We'll talk about great that. Birmingham, England bands. Oh, there's some good ones, Mark. Yep. Great to meet Pleasure. you, man. Yeah. Mark Lowry right there, the head coach of the Indy 11. That's a fantastic conversation. And again, at the mic coming up tomorrow, and you got my playlist for the fireworks display. Look at you guys here, too. Coming up tomorrow with the Indy 11 downtown. Quick break, and we shall return. It is Evan Sidery. Basketball news, the latest on those rumors, and that of Chris Duarte being shipped off to Sacramento for, as it stands right now, draft considerations. That and more. Live in Westfield, the training facility of the Indy 11 on a Friday with 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. The Ride with JMV. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Westfield, Indiana, the training facility for the Indy 11. Mark Lowry, their coach, just joined us. Uh, Indy 11 coming up tomorrow down at the mic. And then the JMV fireworks playlist the only fireworks show downtown is tomorrow night synced with a special jmv playlist that american girl is going to be a part of right there tomorrow night seven o'clock carroll stadium should be a blast seven o'clock versus st charles i believe st charles the uh women's team plays their finale here tonight at seven o'clock versus st charles uh but again it's the indy 11 tomorrow night down at carroll stadium and stay around for the only downtown fireworks with the JMV Takeover Fireworks playlist that you're going to love. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, we're kind of late. In terms of fireworks, um, these aren't the big mortar shells yet. We may have a sparkler, a snake, or one of those things that you wrap up in toilet paper and throw them on the ground and they snap. 
like tiger snaps. I think that's where we are right now in terms of fireworks with the NBA starting their free agency period and joining us to talk about that, Evan Sidery of Basketball News. Is that adequately described in terms of fireworks where we are right now, the NBA? There's a lot of rumor, but not a lot of actuality from what we hear so far, right? No, it certainly feels like, JMV, that it's going to be kind of a rumor rumor mill for the next couple hours till the NBA new season starts up here at 6 o'clock Eastern time. And then it feels like, just based off all the buzz we've heard the last three or four days, that a lot of deals will happen very quickly once Frianti officially opens there. So I, I would stay tuned tonight. There's going to be a lot of action, a lot of fireworks start, starting here in the next couple hours. All right, so let's start here with Chris Duarte and that rumored deal. I think it was reported as nothing concrete from Shams. But as of right now, it is Chris Duarte going to Sacramento for draft considerations. Now, I would like to think, and my listeners I know would like to think, that this is all about something much larger, much bigger in context here that the Pacers are trying to cobble together here. Is that what you believe, or is this more about future flex? flexibility, which will probably still wear people out a little bit around here. I think, honestly, it's more so towards the latter because especially after the draft when they got Ben Shepard at 26 overall, plays the exact same position as Chris Duarte, was a great three-point shooter at Belmont, too. They kind of felt like the writing was on the wall there. Chris Duarte was the odd man out, especially with his arrival. And we saw last season Benedict Matherin came in and kind of took his role right away, and Duarte didn't know how to respond to that. Just struggled all season long with inconsistencies and injuries. And they sold on him at his really lowest value possible. So I have to imagine Indiana's probably going to try to find a third team to wheel this into a bigger deal, but in the end, if they don't, I imagine probably just second round picks come back to the Pacers there, but it's kind of fell from all along here. With their keeping Buddy Heald, if he's in their plans, or if they go out and sign a Bruce Brown, for example, as another wing, it just feels like Chris Duarte's role in Indiana was kind of non-existent at this point, so selling off low, getting off $5 million next year, saving some money down the road a little bit, but I do wonder what happens next. I think it's more so towards the smaller type of move. Have a tighter basketball news with us. So, do you think the Pacers have a larger move in them over this period coming up here, or is that what we're looking at? Because they do right now have what thirty six point three million dollars, and you do have to spend some of that. How deeply are they going to dig in into that bank account? You think to satisfy? I believe in the new CBA agreement that's going to be starting up here tonight or tomorrow, officially, uh, you have to spend about 90% of your cap this year to get the, uh, some new tax benefits on the new CBA. So I think the Pacers and a lot of these teams who are going to have money are going to be able to spend a little bit. We've heard of the Rockets already connected to Brooke Lopez, Fred Van Vliet, uh, multiple others, Dylan Brooks, for example. They have to spend around $50 million this summer to reach that as well. So I think all these teams with cash space are going to be making a lot of moves here. Uh, reports are from Jake Fisher Yahoo Sports that the Pacers are considering offering Bruce Brown from the Nuggets a $20 million a year contract, which I think is pretty outrageous. He's a great player, a great two-way player, but $20 million a year for Bruce Brown is a lot of money. That would probably signal to me some more on the lines of Buddy Gill potentially be on the move at that point because you can't have two guys playing the same, same position making $40 million a year, especially with Tyrese Halliburton's max contract kicking in next season as well. So uh, there's a lot of whispers here and there. Potentially Kyle Kuzma could be an option for the Pacers as well because his market's kind of drying out and they are the team that has the most cast base that has need at the four as well, even though they did just draft Jairus Walker. I think Kuzma could fit the three there. So I'd keep it on in Indiana. I think they're up to sun here a little bit. They have $36 million they can mention there. A lot of names being linked to them. It might be more agent 
driven than the Pacers actually be interested right now. But I certainly think with the new CBA and their spending limits, I think the Pacers could be very, very active here in the next couple of days. Evan Sider is joining us. Uh, Tobias Harris rumors as well. Uh, tell us if you believe Tobias Harris here makes sense or not so much to you. I think it does, based off of he's only on a one-year contract. I know it's a huge amount of money, almost $40 million for one year of Tobias Harris. But if you acquire him and he agrees to a long-term extension at a way shorter amount of money, say $25, $30 million a year for two or three years, I think that does make sense for this team. They need a 3-4 type. He certainly would fit that category. But I I do think more it would be just about long-term savings. If you can get off, let's say, a couple of these other players, like a Daniel Tice or a TJ McConnell in a trade, to go and get a Tobias Harris and that takes up most of your cap space. That kind of just goes over what I just mentioned there of you reaching your salary limit floor on spending. Tobias Harris, that one move would really do that for the Pacers there. So if they're able to cobble together like a Daniel Tice, a TJ McConnell, I, I doubt Buddy Hill would be available in that scenario because I think they want to keep him around. But if they do, let's say, go after a Bruce Brown, for example, it might make more sense going after um, including Buddy Hill in that type of transaction there. So I do think that Tobias Harris makes sense. He certainly checks a lot of boxes. It'd be more so to me about the long-term flexibility he provided on that expiring contract. All right, uh, Evan. So, yeah, Tobias Harris, I know a lot of people are trying to talk themselves into that. I, I, I thought what was perfect, and again, I've said this all along, that I know it's not going to happen. There's no chance of it happening. And I know that you'd ultimately overpay. Whomever ends up dialing him in is probably going to overpay. But as far as playing next to Miles Turner and an offensive and defensive type of wing, I thought Jeremy Grant, to me, right now at the age of 29, would be perfect for the upswing of this team. But, again, not going to happen. Going to be way too expensive and more than likely going back to Portland. But how would you size him up if that were possible, you know, in this lineup with this Pacer team? He does make a lot of sense, like you mentioned. I mean, he's shown throughout his career when he's had a bigger role in Detroit and then Portland the last couple of years. He has a 20-point-per-game score. He's a good defender. He's an improving defender on that end as well. So I think he would definitely check a lot of boxes there. But like you mentioned, John, $30-plus million dollars a year for him. I, I doubt he's going to even leave Portland. It sounds like from all indications that he's going to re-sign with the Blazers on a long-term deal as they try to appease Damian Lillard forever long he wants to stay in Portland, which is a really weird song and dance between Lillard and the Blazers at this point. But I do believe honestly that Grant wouldn't make sense here but I think more so for the Pacers you're probably looking more towards those Bruce Brown type of guys of around 15-20 million dollars a year the Max Struces of the world who reported the Pacers have interest in as well I think that's going to be more so those type of guys potentially maybe even Grant Williams he might be on the same figure of money as well I'd more lean towards those type of guys maybe one or two of those guys compared to spending all your money on one guy like a Jeremy Grant. Does, does Brown and you know, further in this case, Struess, does it make sense with this Pacer team? I think Bruce Brown does, even though he is kind of redundant as far as size goes. He is 6'4", 6'5". He's not a tall guy, but he's super athletic, very lengthy. We saw it for, throughout Denver in this postseason and for Brooklyn the last couple of years before that. In winning environments, he's a super good glue guy that every good team has in their team. He can do everything for him in the court. He can play three to four positions, too, if necessary. I think he fits a lot of what Indiana is looking for as far as his really smart basketball players. And you might have to overpay to keep him away from the Mavericks, the Lakers. It's 
like every team that has cap space is going to go for Bruce Brown here. But he definitely does think fit more so than a Max Struess because Max Struess is a, a terrible defender. He, I, maybe terrible is a little harsh, but I would say very not very good defender. And I, he's a good shooter and all, but he's very inconsistent on top of that. Only career 36% from three-point range. So I don't know if he's going to be worth $15, $16 million a year uh, for, for Max Struess. I'd, I'd rather overpay if I had to pick between those two guys. I'd definitely lean towards Bruce Brown because they're prioritizing defense. They're prioritizing that end of the court. So I, I have to imagine Bruce Brown, those types of players that are defense first, are, are probably at the top of the list for Indiana. Yeah, well, I mean, adding somebody else that can't play defense with a lick, uh, I guess would fit right in with this current team, right? Because they, they don't have a lot of guys that can play defense either. Have a lot of guys that got to get better doing it, that's for sure. Yeah, unless you want to outscore teams 140 to 135 most nights, which with Tyrese Halliburton, maybe you think that's possible, but that is certainly not a winning winning direction. If they do go out and, let's say, sign Max Drews to a multi-year deal over $15-plus million a year later tonight, I would personally not be a fan of that. All right, so what do you think happens, for example, with, with James Harden? What goes down there? Obviously, you're going to get dealt out of Philly and then size up some of these other teams and some of the moves that you think that they're going to end up making here relatively soon. Yeah, so as we were talking, it sounds like Tyrese Maxey for the Sixers, they will not be extending him to a max contract this summer, so they want to keep their flexibility open, which makes me think that the James Harden domino that fell yesterday of him accepting his player option and looking for a trade, I have to imagine that potentially Philadelphia is going to be looking at potentially acquiring a Damian Loder, for example, if he wants to ask out. And that could be something to look out for there. If they want to include Tyrese Maxey in that deal with the picks they get in a James Harden trade, I think that really does make a lot of sense for Philadelphia if they want to maximize their window with Joel Embiid. But it sounds like from all indications from multiple reports from Adrian Wojnarowski, Sean Sharania, James Harden wants to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers won James Harden. So I have to imagine sometime soon that deal will happen. Like we talked about before, John, with the Chris Paul news and then potentially go after him. I mean, that was a situation where with James Harden, it's the same thing. You're betting on three guys who are so unreliable, but the upside there is so high that it's kind of worth the risk if you're the Clippers there. So I eventually think that James Harden goes to the Clippers. I think that domino effect will have a huge ripple effect on what happens to top the free agency market. I think Kyrie Irving stays in Dallas, but I do think Philadelphia, with what they're doing, could be a team to watch out for to go for a Lillard type of superstar splash. Chris Middleton end up back in Milwaukee. What about Brooke Lopez? Yeah, Brooke Lopez, it sounds like he's meeting with the Houston Rockets once free agency opens, but I know $20 million a year is tempting in Houston with no state income tax, but I'd be very surprised if Brooke Lopez left the Milwaukee Bucks. Just based off, why would you want to go to a situation that's that's poor opposite end of the standings? You're not, you're not going to a title contender. You're going to one of the worst teams in the NBA over the last three or four years. I know the money is nice and all, but I have to imagine Brooke Lopez probably wants to win a ring again sometime soon, so I'd predict he and Chris Middleton both stay. Uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Chris Middleton has already had talks on a long-term deal with the Bucks, so he's, he'll be staying there. The bigger question to me is Brooke Lopez, but I have to imagine that the winning situation in Milwaukee probably wins out in the end for him and he stays there. All right, Seven Sider, your basketball news with a lot to cover as well. It's, uh, Phoenix, I know that's that team you've covered for a long time now. Are they going to stay where they are right now or are going to adjust a little bit more? 
it, it sounds like they're going to be chasing these veteran ring-chasing guys. Uh, they've already been linked to Kevin Love as potential free agency target. The Lakers and the Suns reportedly are interested in Kevin Love. He definitely would fit what they're looking for for a chief veteran to fit that timeline there. But they are very limited as far as roster flexibility goes. They don't want to trade DeAndre Ayton because they're not getting the value they want in return for him. And on that contract, I, I'm not surprised by that at all. So you're going to be looking for the Suns here to make some ring-chasing type moves for very cheap guys. They need about eight or nine guys on veteran minimum contracts throughout the rest of this roster here. So they're going to have to be very smart and patient and hope that some teams want, some players will take some discounts to go to Phoenix, which I would not be surprised by because Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, DeAndre Ayton, that is far and away the best foursome in the NBA. So they'll, they'll definitely get a lot of guys that want to go to Phoenix. Yeah, Miami, by the way, created a lot of free agent interest where we normally wouldn't believe we would see it from, from Max Struess to you mentioned Kevin Love's rebirth down there, either starting or off the bench. Gabe Vincent's a young player that uh, had a coming out party down there. A lot of Heat players getting opportunities by the way that they showed out, certainly in this past postseason. Evan Sidery of Basketball News via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Have a great weekend, man. We'll catch up again, I'm sure, next week. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Anytime, John. Evan Sidery of Basketball News on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. We are with the Indy 11, and we are at the training facility for the Indy 11 off of Spring Mill Road. That's 191 in Spring Mill Road uh, up here in Westfield right now. Of course, they play at Carroll Stadium coming up tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. A fireworks display afterwards, the only one downtown at the mic, and again, synced up to my playlist, which you guys, if you're going tomorrow, and I will absolutely love Mark Lowry a little bit earlier. Haley George is going to talk about the undrafted show. And Greg Stemmerall is going to join us coming up. The Indy 11 president and CEO, Greg Stemmerall, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Mike Wells still to come, too. And don't go away. Because later on, I have an announcement I'm going to let the Gorman make for you. I've been teasing this for a while. I have, with this show and the Gorman, a tremendous gift-giving opportunity for you. Maybe I should better say prize-winning opportunity for you. You are going to love this one. We'll let you in on it coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, give you a chance to win that beginning midweek next week. Live in Westfield, the Indy 11 training facility. It's on a Friday with 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, don't go away. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm going to damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. We're in Westfield today with the Indy 11. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, crank it up right here. Hold on. Come back to us. I guess they are. The 1975 one-hit wonder classic by Jigsaw. This is Sky High. Carroll Stadium tomorrow night after the Indy 11 play. You'll get the JMV playlist for the downtown fireworks display. And Jigsaw Sky High will be a part of that. Again, we're up in Westfield today with the Indy 11. The training facility, Mike, or Mark Lowry joined us, their coach, a little bit earlier. Evan Sidery just now of Basketball News with the latest. Rex actually asked me this, so I'm just tuning in right now. Is there anything new as far as what the Pacers are going to get in return that was described as draft compensation or consideration for Chris Duarte? And there is no new news regarding that as of right now. 
now. So, no, there is nothing new. Sean writes this, JMV, it kind of sounds like that Obi Toppin could be a pacer really soon. There's a lot of rumors floating around Bleacher Report. I have not seen the Obi Toppin one, but you might end up being absolutely accurate on that for sure. But uh, there is a lot happening. And, again, as I mention all the time, it is nothing but the rumor stage with the exception of Chris Duarte has been reported by Sham, so you can probably take that one to the bank right there. So we shall see. We'll talk about that coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. What is best suited for the Pacers? Are you going to be disappointed if, like what Evan Sidery had mentioned, this is just like a move to get more flexibility and doesn't turn in? A lot of people are suggesting the Pacers are setting themselves up to go with something bigger right now. You buy that or not? Talk about that with Mike Wells coming up on the other side as well. Haley Jordan is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour, the host of Undrafted here with the Indy 11. We'll talk about that and what that means. And Greg Stremlaw, who is the Indy 11 president of CEO in the 5 o'clock hour. The Gorman has a major announcement in terms of a giveaway for you, a major one. You guys are going to love this. There are a lot of reasons for you guys to love me and what I try to do for you on a daily basis here, especially in terms of prizes. You're going to love this. Gorman's going to tell us in the 5 o'clock hour. Greg Rakestraw is going to join us coming up a little bit later on. But we must take a break. Come back again in Westfield. We're live here and we got some uh, got some fans right there. Look at that. Hey, show, show those right there inside the lounge via YouTube Live. My guys are here with the JMV Sucks t-shirts. Hour number two, 4 o'clock wise. We go with Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. You and me at 239-1070 and more. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, HD Radio, the app to stream at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. We are with the Indy 11 at the training facility in Westfield today. Now, I'm just guessing right here. James, you're bringing me back. We thought it was going to be something else, but you're going back with Jigsaw Part 2 right here. Is that what we're doing? Is that what happened? It's okay. That comes, sometimes happens. Get a yeah, lot going on back there. Spotify is being weird with me right now. Spotify is being weird for James right now. So what we're doing is we're coming back with the JMV Takeover Fireworks playlist that you're going to hear if you're going to the mic tomorrow night to watch the Boys in Blue play. So that's what you're going to be doing with the downtown fireworks display afterwards and coming up tomorrow night at Carroll Stadium downtown. We're here with the Indy 11. Mark Lowry, their coach, a little bit earlier, too, joined us. And Evan Sidery of Basketball News with uh, the updates on all that is going on today as far as NBA player movement as free agency is officially underway coming up later on tonight at 6 o'clock. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon, he is a friend of the show. You can catch him on ESPN Radio as well. Mike Wells joins us. And, you know, Mike, I, I bring you on and bring up ESPN, in this case ESPN Radio, because it is a who's who list of unfortunate layoffs by the Disney company that are trickling out informationally that's happened over the course of the afternoon, some of which are incredibly shocking to me. 
man, I, I can't believe what's going on over at ESPN. And, you know, there were several rounds of layoffs when I when I was there full-time between 2013 and uh, last year. But the names on this list, I mean, they're, they're, they're names that many of us grew up watching. Um, names of people that I've done radio shows with. Names of people that we've interviewed inside the locker room on West 56th Street. I mean, you're talking about people like Susie Colbert. Yeah, you know, Matt Hasselbeck, um, you know, obviously Keyshawn Johnson and, and you know, Max Kellerman had the morning show. Those guys are gone. I covered Lafonso Ellis when he played with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I was covering the Timberwolves. So there's so many people who um, who have reportedly been let go that I've had that I, you know, I consider not just co workers, but people I consider friends. Um, Jordan Cornette, who I've done radio, I just did, I just did ESPN radio with his wife, Shay. Shay Cornette last Sunday afternoon uh, an IU grad uh, you know Jordan played basketball at Notre Dame it's just the, the business sucks man you, you feel bad for those who um, you know who have reportedly been let go today yeah and, and some of those recognizable names as Mike mentioned Susie Colbert who I think has been there for about 30 years Lafonso Ellis who's been doing college basketball analyst work for the past 14 years Ashley Brewers a sports center anchor Matt Hasselback you know very well for doing football Steve Young doing the Monday nights, Keyshawn Johnson and Max Kellerman, of course, among other things, a part of the ESPN Radio National Show. How about Todd McShay, one of the draft analysts? Wow. Yeah. Well, you, 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 think, you think of NFL draft, you think of Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. Yeah. I mean, those, right. are the, those are the, you know, you know, obviously Todd McShay, I mean, excuse me, Mel Kuyper Jr. is the, you know, the top dog, but Todd McShay is right, is right there with him and everything, man. I mean, it's the, the amount of cost cutting that Disney slash ESPN is doing today. You know, yes, they, you know, every, every, every business, I mean, you know, you've seen it there at, at, um, where you're at, at Emerson and everything. Everybody's, you know, trying to cut down and save some money. But the reality is, I mean, those are, these are names that everybody's accustomed to. Not only are we accustomed to, Jay, but names who know what the hell they're talking about when they're on the air. Formerly of Emmis. <laughs> Formerly. And we're going oh, down yeah, a hellaciously yeah. awesome path right now. So, yes, I love it, the path we're going down right now. It has been fun so far. It's uh, Mike Wells who joins us. You know, the one that stood out to me, um, obviously, Jalen Rose was one uh, doing the analyst work for the uh, NBA and, and uh, having a radio show, too. But Jeff Van Gundy's by far their best analyst of the NBA. That's the one that really got me because I I don't tune in to hear, you know, and and, and watch those on the sideline do games. I just you know, tune in to, to watch the games. But, you know, he's a guy that I certainly trust his judgment when he says something and how accurate he's going to be. I love the fact that he went straight at the NBA more times than not. I mean, when they had Steve Javi on, for example, you know, a rules analyst, and he would always agree with the on-the-court call, I mean, it was, it was Jeff Van Gundy who countered that. I mean, he was always kind of the hardcore guy to tell it like it is in a Apparently that's what everybody loves. I guess everybody but ESPN. I, I just thought he was state of the art for ESPN and their NBA coverage, and that was the one that shocked me more than anything. 
I, that's probably yeah you know and I can't believe I slipped I just I thought ones with the relationships that I had but yeah Jeff and Gundy definitely uh, I think we could say is probably you know not only you know not only the best you know analyst in-game analyst on ESPN but you know one of the best in-game analysts period when it comes to the NBA you know he and um, every, you know when I would help out with the Pacers still at ESPN and I was covering the Colts if he would you know when the, when the Pacers were good when I see when I would see him he would always say hey make sure you tell my guy Chris Ballard to uh, you know that it, you know he's going to get everything right and everything he's got a relationship with Chris Ballard so it is it is absurd it is just crazy the names out there and you're right I mean Jeff, Gun, Jeff Van Gandy did not give two beeps if he hurt anybody's feelings with his, um, you know, with his opinions on things. In your last writing job with uh, ESPN.com, obviously you, you covered the Colts and the news came down yesterday, Mike, regarding Isaiah Rogers and uh, Rashad Berry as well, which certainly is a, a lighter note um, according to what people know that follow the Colts. You know, Isaiah Rogers is certainly a deal, and I think it's more of a deal because if there is an example of how not to handle something and why you abide, why you follow the rules in this case and don't blank around with it, it's Isaiah Rogers, who saw basically everything crumble in his career uh, when he got pinched, and then ultimately when that NFL punishment came down yesterday, I mean, the couple million dollars, the legitimate starting opportunity, the playing time opportunity here, all that came to an absolute crashing halt because of some just ridiculous decisions by him. It's it's mind-numbing. It really is. I, I don't get uh, you know these these athletes. Uh, you know some of them obviously aren't millionaires, uh, but you know they're making a, a whole lot of money, and they decide that they want to go ahead and you know place a twenty-five or fifty-dollar bet to try to win some more extra money, and you end up getting you, it ends up biting you in the rear end. That was Isaiah Rogers was in a prime position as a return specialist to be a, you know also to get a lot of snaps on defense, and now his career is done. He he may never ever. Get you know play another snap in the NFL because he decided to go ahead and gamble and try to you know try to get his pockets a little fatter out of it and you can tell by the tone of Chris Ballard's um, in the in the in the releases they sent out yesterday they weren't playing around with it I think it was no secret that you know Isaiah was going to get released but still the fact that it the fact that it happened um, like that you you told you that you know a the Colts weren't playing around and b the NFL wasn't playing around when they gave out the, the list of suspensions for all the players involved. So I'm Mike Wells of ESPN Radio with us. I don't think there's any doubt about that, too. Um, you, just, you, you just look at that. And, again, the Colts will move on. And I don't think it would have changed the dynamic of Stephon Gilmore whatsoever. But at the same time, you just kind of think about the chance that you have and that short window you have to play in the NFL, which, you know, on average is around three and a half to four years. And to just go ahead and piss that away is, to me, absolutely amazing. Mike Wells, who's with us. Let's move on to the NBA offseason right now, which really catches fire. And we hear Shams reported Chris Duarte traded. Traded to Sacramento, not concrete yet, but certainly traded to Sacramento for draft compensation slash considerations right here. Do you think this is something about a bigger picture deal here, or is this the Pacers kind of doing what they have done and you know try to find, uh, I guess, what they want in, in financial and roster and asset flexibility? What do you think they're after here? Uh, you know what, honestly, I think we, we were just talking about this 
we were just talking about this last Friday about how kind of Chris Duarte really, really didn't have a role anymore. His role um, on his team had kind of been diminished with the, with the addition of other other wing players, and now here we are a week later where Shams has that report where Duarte is getting traded. I, I just think it's one of those deals where hey, get what you can in return because Duarte was not going to have. He was not going to be a prominent player next season for them, for the, for the Indiana Pacers. What's that? I'm sorry. I missed that last part, Mike. One more time. I said it was, I said it was a case of where it's clear that Kevin Pritchard and company doesn't believe that um, Chris Duarte was going to have a prominent role as far as a rotation player. So they yeah. just got to make the move to make it because Duarte wasn't going to get there. Uh, I'll say this. First-round picks that the Indiana Pacers have gotten under um, Kevin Pritchard. If I'm not mistaken, I remember when's the last time that that first-round pick has gotten a second a second deal with with uh, the Pacers. Um, well, I mean, you, you, it's not been T.J. Leaf, it's not been Aaron Holiday, it's not been Goga Bataze. So um, the the first one, I think, is that the first one of the the legitimate now running things Kevin Pritchard era is going to be Benedict Matherin, right? Man, yeah, and you, you better hope that you better hope that that's gonna say that, that that's gonna be the case. That um, you you got to believe, considering how productive he was off the bench, and the argument that, that it could be made that he could have been a start should have been a starter last season. You got to believe that that's gonna be he'll uh, he'll be the one that finally gets that second contract, that contract extension um, under um, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan. Yeah, I, I mean that that's definitely going to to be it. I, I think that his rookie season was enough for us, I, just beyond anything else. I, I like him because he doesn't give a blank about anything other than being on the court and playing and and how things go and and wanting to compete. And I love that aspect of it. But yeah, it it has. And what when you look at it, when you look back at Leaf and you look back at at Holiday and Goga and just swinging and majorly missing right that that's the type of hole that they're trying to dig themselves out of right now because that's an absolute backbreaker especially from a small market team in the NBA you just you can't do that I mean you cannot do that and sustain and we've seen the reasons why they've been able unable to really do much uh, because of that particular track record that they're trying to pick up and run with right now and also, you, you think about it. Let's just say, okay, it doesn't. You know, they those players didn't pan out production wise, so which lowered their trade value, which lo- which lowered lowered their trade trade value if they wanted to try to move on before that second contract. So those players just weren't very good when it came to um, making make, you know they weren't very good when it came to being productive on the court. So you couldn't get much in return when it was time to move them. No. no, I mean, you, you knew that he was going to be the outside looking in. I, I think what you look at right now is any other names on that roster that may be on the move as well, or if there's a, a bigger piece of this puzzle for the the longer term or maybe even the short-term future, if you're mentioning somebody like Tobias Harris in Philly, that has been mentioned. But it makes you wonder if they're trying to put pieces together to, to make a, a bigger swing at things. And, Mike, I mentioned this at the outset of the show. And I don't know where you stand, because last year, last year, the Pacers, they undersold it and overdelivered. They said, hey, this is probably not going to look very good a lot. Hang with us. And then they overdelivered. They won 10 more games than they did the year prior. And that's the tact in which the Colts need to take this year, too. They need to, you know, as far as, you know, talk this thing up slowly and then overdeliver. Um, now, 
I don't want to hear this with the Pacers anymore. I'll give you an example. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear any more of the "Hey, we were out there and we took these big swings, but we couldn't get it done." You know what I mean? I, I think oh in terms of in, in oh, terms of being, you, you agree with me? In terms of being honest, I know that that's being transparent and that's great. But it's kind of like me saying, "Hey, I got this Colts breaking news, but I can't tell you about it." Right? I mean, it's just don't even bring it up. I don't want even want to know that you took these hellacious big cuts and then you came up empty I don't want to know this with this organization anymore would you agree yeah yeah no completely I think the, the fan base doesn't want to hear that either for so many years they've heard oh we tried to make you know move x y and z but we just couldn't pull the plug on it you hear it the first couple of times you buy it like okay maybe they are trying to make something happen but then you continue to hear it and all of a sudden you're falling for that banana in the tailpipe situation where um okay he's saying it over he's trying to sell us some used goods, but we've already heard it before, so we don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, so hopefully, if that if that becomes the case where they can't pull off any moves, you don't hear Kevin Pritchard say, "Well, we tried. You know, we went out to try to get Damian Lillard, but you know, we just couldn't get anything in return from you know, we, you know, the Portland Trailblazers didn't want what we had." No, don't tell people. They just stay quiet and just you know, come up with a different. Um, line that you're going to tell the media slash fan base when it comes to talking if they can't pull something off. Yeah, I I just – and listen, it's nothing at all about what they're doing and, you know, what what their blueprint is right now. It's just I think we're at a point – and I said the same thing about the Colts. I don't want to hear anymore what you guys are going to do. We want to see you do it. So undersell it and overperform it. And I thought that's what the Pacers did – and, and did that at a high level last year. And I thought that that was genius what they did. And now we're at a time where you just start winning more games, start start delivering some more, and then tell us about the big deal that you made when we see the big deal that you made. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm com- completely in agreement with you. If not, boy, 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 between three and six, Monday through Friday, there's going to be a uh, radio host who's going to be hot going off on the Indiana Pacers when that comes when it comes about. So when you look at this free agent landscape, you look at where we're free agency getting ready to start. Yeah. What what player do you say, okay, they should make a the Pacers should make a run and bring him in here, not based off the name, Jay, but based off of fit on what they have on this roster, on what can help them, you know, make a leap in the Eastern Conference. Hey Mike, I've said this all along and this is not gonna happen. Because Portland's not going to let him go. He's going to want a lot of money, and I'm sure the Pacers aren't considering. But if I needed an offensive and defensive wing or a 3 and D player, if you want to be part of the cool club and say it that way, and somebody to line up in the starting lineup with Miles Turner that can also get on the gas and give you some rebounding, it's Jeremy Grant. I think Jeremy Grant is an absolute perfect fit and I know people are going to say what has he really ever done alright well you can say that in large part about a lot of these dudes that we're talking about right now at 29 the length the athleticism what he can do on both ends being able to rebound I just think Jeremy Grant is the best fit out of all of these names. But, again, he's not going to be here because they're not going to go after him because Portland's going to bring him back and re-sign him there. But to me, that is the perfect player to bring in to move this thing forward right now. Man, you know, I completely forgot about him. 
I completely forgot about him being out there in Portland in that situation. He he is a great fit to go alongside um, Miles Turner in, in in the front court in this situation. But hey, the thing is, you can't really fault Portland in that, especially if Portland's gonna if they are if they are going to move on uh, from um, Damian Lillard and make it all about Scoot Henderson out there with the Trailblazers. You want to have as many uh, pieces out there, veteran pieces that can help the young the young rookie out to try to slowly get that rebuilding process going in, in this situation. So it, it'll be, it, it, it'll be interesting how everything shakes out. You know how to, you know how the patients work. You and I, you've been here yeah. a lot longer than me. I've been here for almost 20 years now and the, their blueprint when it comes to free agency, doesn't matter if it's Larry Bird, Donnie Walsh, Kevin Pritchard running it. As far as trying to go hardcore, that's just never been in their DNA in that situation. A lot of it is because of owner Herb Simon and how he likes to spend money. Yeah, I, I also remember this too a couple of years ago when they made that big pitch and brought in Malcolm Brogdon, how that ended up too. So, I mean, again, you knew the situation injury-wise with him. And there are warts. There are warts on all these dudes. I mean, Tobias Harris, you know, has his warts. Uh, Grant Williams does. I'm just bringing up guys that have been mentioned. DeAndre Hunter is the guy that had been talked about a great deal. And down in Atlanta, he's missed a lot of games over the past couple of seasons. There are a lot of warts that are going on with this right now. I just, and this is just my opinion. And I guess we can debate it even further at some point if somebody wanted to with me. I just thought Jeremy Grant and his style of play, what he looks like and what he is right now, would be a great fit on this team. But again, as I've told everybody, it's not going to happen. There's no way it's going to happen. But if you're talking about available players, that's exactly where I would start. Oh, look at that. I see what you're doing right there. You're out here underselling it. So if it happens, they're making a splash out of it. If for some if for some reason the Indiana Pacers surprise everybody and goes out there and gets a brand, yeah. you undersold it. I see I see what you just did there. I see Yeah, I, see well, I mean did. I just I I'm looking for I'm I'm not looking for them, you know, to be or expect them to be a top four seed or, you know, a major Eastern Conference contender, but I am expecting them to get into the postseason. I am expecting them to be fun to watch and I'm expecting them to win. Honestly, I'll sit here right now. I, this team better win, right? Mid forties? This season? Is that not what you expect, or is that too high a bar? No, listen, the, the word better, is that's, a, that's the best word to say they better win because this whole treading water, you know, flirting with everybody and trying to tease, and then when it's time to take off, doesn't happen. I mean, the first first part of last season, I, I was sipping that blue and gold Kool-Aid. I was like, okay, the Pacers are finally doing something, and then boom. Halliburton gets injured, and they start the ship start sh- ship start sinking. I probably shouldn't talk about things sinking. That's a bad. I, my apologies <laughs> on that one. But things start going downhill for the uh, Indiana Pacers once once Halliburton got hurt. That's when things went bad for them. So no, they they need to be able to have. Um, I know Halliburton is obviously the most important piece for the Pacers, but you got to be able to have players around there where if if he's out of the lineup, they can at least still be competitive and win some games on a regular basis. Yeah, I um, I just I look at it this way too, with with Grant. Another reason why I brought it up is because of his defensive prowess. He can play some defense. He's athletic, and I think you have to get much better defensively, Mike, and you have to get much better on the glass. They're going to need that. And while I didn't mind like a guy like Harrison Barnes who resigned in Sacramento, I didn't mind a guy like him, but I still think they need a major upgrade with that 
next to Miles. And I just thought all along Grant would bring you something that these other names wouldn't. That it may be not as much in scoring as Harris, but certainly defense and boardwalk he would. Certainly more than Grant Williams. I think more than DeAndre Hunter. I mean, there's just something I like about him more than anybody else. But again, I'm talking about something that's logically not going to happen. But I just want to give you a little rationale as to why I came to that conclusion. No, hey, yeah, I know. Hey, listen, you you don't have to explain yourself to me. I, I'm 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 buying what you're I'm buying what you're selling in this situation. I know Pacer fans. You know, you know, some of them have unrealistic expectations when it when it yeah. comes to things. But I I definitely agree in what you're looking at there and what you're talking about when it comes to you know needs that you needs that would be addressed by adding certain players. All right, are you on this weekend? No, I'm. I uh, nope. I see. I last Sunday. I was on Wednesday night. Um, I'm on next Friday night. I got. I got next Friday night. I uh, that I'll that I'll be on the airwaves. So I'm a uh, probably smoke me some booty, some little pork butt, man, and uh, <laughs> a little, little some that. Hey, by the way, man, man uh, we're, we've had two straight Fridays, and I haven't had my slow jam reentry. Everything I write in studio. Do I have what now? I haven't had my slow jam reentry the last two Fridays. Ah, yeah, everything's okay. So here's how this worked today, right? So we're at the uh, Indy 11 training facility in Westfield. And tomorrow they have, after the Indy 11 game at Carroll Stadium, they got a fireworks display, the only one downtown, and it's going to be synced to a JMV Takeover fireworks playlist. And we're playing the fireworks playlist back in this week. So that's why. Oh, hey, man, hey. That's great. That means what's, what's the, the all-time greatest fireworks song? And I know that everybody wants to say Neil Diamond in America, but I I can put in Prince and the Revolution from Around the World in a Day. That America, I put in. You dropped a bomb on me by the Gap Band. Those are some fireworks songs right there, Mike. Oh, you dropped a bomb on me. Oh uh, yeah, baby. Oh yeah, man. Honestly, I don't know many fireworks songs, so I I know whatever. Whatever you have rolling tomorrow night to go to be in sync with the uh, firework display downtown at the uh, at Carroll Stadium, I know it's gonna I know it's gonna be kick ass. That's all I know. It is gonna be kick ass, just like the JMV takeover. And Mike Wells is too. Hey, give the family and my girl Layla a great deal of love. Have a great holiday weekend. Smoke that butt. Can I say that? Is that okay to say? Smoke that butt. Smoke that butt, Mike. Get that thing on there. <laughs> Hey, smoke that booty, brother. Smoke that booty. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, you, hey, have a great fourth with the family, and I'll talk to you next week, brother. You got it, buddy. Thank you very much. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio there via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Is Haley's mic up right now? We're going to give a little bit of a tease here. If you're watching uh, online via the lounge at YouTube Live, you see Haley Jordan with us right now. Haley is the host of Undrafted, the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Oh, you're going you're gonna to have to educate me on all this entails right here. Are you ready to do I it? I sure will. Anything you want to know, I have answers for you. You went to IU? Yeah, you I went, went to IU. I graduated from IU in 2020. Did you really? I sure because did. Because our guest just now, Mike Wells, is an instructor down at IU right I've now. I've heard of Mike Wells, of have course. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where are you from here, too? I'm from a small town called Pittsburgh, Indiana, but now I live. You go to Tri West. I went to Tri West. Oh, we got a Tri West grad in the house right here. You see her, Haley Jordan is going to join us with the Indy 11 coming up on the other side. I got a great announcement. The Gorman's going to come on. The Gorman and the Colts are going to give a couple of winners a great opportunity. I'll let the Gorman sort that out for you. That's coming up here at the top of the hour and more from Westfield, the side of the Indy 11 training facility on a Friday. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
The Ride with JMV. And you can tell Rolling Stone magazine that my last words were, I'm on drugs. Yeah! 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, everybody, about 12 hours in. I hope this is everybody here in central Indiana right now. About 12 hours in to a blackout, going without power, I am happy to inform you that my mom's power is back on in Greene County, everybody. Two things. These are big deals here, too. My mom's power is back on, and she found the remote. I was almost going to have to drive to Greene County to find the remote. The remote was under the couch, and the power is back on, so order is restored. And I hope, because I went home last night. Uh, we were downtown at Iria's uh, doing a tavern tour stop. And, of course, that's when all the weather hit when we were in there. But I on my way home last night, and I know this is around where uh, Olivia and and uh, Eddie used to live right there, or maybe still live, right around County Line. There were trees everywhere. Uh, the lights were all out. It was absolutely awful trying to get home with the power being out. And I know a lot of you are dealing with power outages still to this point in the day. So hopefully your power is either on or about ready to come back on. Meantime, I introduced her as we went to a break with the Indy 11, and she's the host of Undrafted. Haley Jordan, the pride of Indiana University and Tri-West High School, is with us. How are you? I am so great. Thank you so much for having me So today. how did you get this gig? Is this coming out of IU? Were you a soccer fan at IU? I was a soccer fan at you. Yeah. I played soccer at Tri West. You played soccer? I did. Yeah, I was a midfielder. Nice. Yeah, not great enough to play Division One. But how did I get this gig? This was actually a two-year postgraduate gig that I got. Went to a career fair, talked to Brad, and he said, "Hey, the job is yours if you want it." After I sent him my demo reel. Brad's a good dude. He's over a there. great guy. Yeah, yeah we're so a, lucky to have him at this he program. He is a, a great guy. Now, this is this is a really good entry. Is this your first gig coming out of college? No, no, probably about fifth or sixth. Okay. What other, what other things did you do? I work with the Indianapolis Indians. I'm their nice. pregame show host. Okay. I worked in Rockford, Illinois as a CBS affiliate host and reporter, producer. I've done it all. Sports Illustrated. Rock, Indiana. What, what market number is Rockford, Illinois? Oh, goodness. It's in the hundreds. About 115, maybe? Nice. Yeah. It's so, a nice town, too, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I had to be careful. <laughs> yes. I'm very grateful for the humble beginnings. I learned a lot there, but you do. Yes. happy to be home here in Indiana. Well, and I tell everybody this right now because it is year after year becomes increasingly difficult to break in in this particular business and when people ask me here's what you have to do do anything that you're asked yes do anything if there's a gig you don't know how to do it tell them you do and do it figure it out you've got to do absolutely everything and continue to do everything because the best ability you have much like sports is availability that's the first thing is your availability to do stuff and that's what you know i'm sure you know that by now too Oh, yeah, and working those hours, working those yep. holidays, too. I haven't had Christmas off in a long time, but yeah, I wouldn't I, have it any other way. I didn't see a Christmas Eve or a Christmas Day until I was 30, I wow. don't think, seriously. I mean, I, yeah, I was 30 years old and still, you know, working on Christmas Eve and, and Christmas Day. So, yeah, your your best ability is that of availability. So you host the Undrafted Show, and they're filming that right now. What's that entail? The Undrafted Show. So this is a program that followed, at the beginning, 70 amateur soccer players from all over the world, not yep. just the country, not just the state, all over the world. It's their shot to earn a spot at Indy 11's preseason training camp. So the stakes are really high. Only a few guys will make it to training season, and maybe one or two might be able to make the team. It all depends what happens. But all of the stakes are very high, and these guys are fighting and clawing to get there. How long have you been putting together this? I know it, it, How often, I guess, 
is it on? Yeah. So how often is the show yeah, on? Yeah. Yes. The show. I'm not sure yet. It's gonna be. It's gonna air on RTV six in uh, the fall, and I okay. believe it's going to be on every week. It is a television. Okay. Show. It is. A, it is, a, is it a weekly or is it all encompassing one? Weekly. Weekly. Okay. Yes, I just so want to make, make sure. sure it's probably to written tuned. down here. I didn't see it, but yeah, that's that's cool right there. So it's kind of like it's like what we see with Hard Knocks and all these other documentaries that surround sports, except you're doing it here with the Indy Eleven, some up and comers trying yeah. to make a name for themselves. Kind of like QB One. If you guys have ever watched that on Netflix, yeah. that's what it reminds me of. We're going to these guys' houses. We were just oh, there really? yesterday, and you know, kind of invading their homes, seeing what they're like when they're not on the field. But it's a really, um, it's going to be a really good feel-good show as well. So. Um How's it gone so far from it's, what you've seen? Oh, man, it's going great. And these players have really exceeded my expectations. I'm a sports broadcaster as well. So I've been around a ton of soccer players during my time, both playing and calling soccer games. And I don't really know how they're going to pick. I have five guys starred on this roster here who I think could easily make the training camp. And they're going to have to make really harsh cuts. Really? Wow. So any uh, any other nuggets of insights you want to give us before the product is finished here? Yeah, I do want to share that if you guys are coming to watch sports, mm-hmm. you can get that here. But if you're also wanting to look at the human interest side of things, these guys have fantastic stories. We just interviewed Uzi yesterday, uh-huh. who's from Sierra Leone, came from nothing, came from poverty, and now he's here. He has been ranking super high. Soccer's all he had, and that's what got him here to the United States. Lots of feel-good stories and just lots of great guys as well. You like telling stories i do i do i'm a storyteller that's my job because you mentioned when you worked in rockford you were probably a feature reporter feature reporter sports highlights you name it i did whatever like you said i said yes to everything (laughs) back in illinois we know this and brad knows this as well yeah i mean in indianapolis it is the uh the landscape of you do a lot of different jobs have you tried to get in here you want to try to get in in indy doing other things as well (sighs) that's the dream colts pacers hit me up if you want to where are you chris hagan oh i know chris hagan do you really what's chris hagan Hagan? giving you a job oh yet. my goodness i'm out of local news for now i want to do broadcasting and i want to do play-by-play oh analyst. you want to do play-by-play yeah yeah okay well I'm, we could get you try to get you a job at 59 right now too come well, on hagan hagan's on, normally hagan. at these events but yes, this one doesn't is. serve alcohol so that's probably why he's not here <laughs> or at least we could have brought it in i guess but uh, no no hagan's been a long time friend of mine too actually there are great people as you probably know that are invested for a long period of time many of them within this market so it's it's pretty cool that way so lots of opportunities for you too so once again when is undrafted going to air on our tv6 november 19th november the 19th on our tv hey brad you got a time for that where are you going to be oh wow is this your brainchild brad's by the way off camera and off mic as well right now too we're kind of was this your idea look at that man I love Brad Made over there. Made it all come to life. Got a See, great production crew here. Yeah, too. there's no doubt. So how many how many days a week do you work on this? Two to three. Well, for me as the host, just two to three. But yeah. production, they're putting in work every single day. Are you required to do a lot of background intel yes. on all these players involved here? Oh, man, you should see all the notes that I have. I did about three hours of prep just really? today t- talking about my favorite players, looking them up. I know everything about them, and they know that. The the world, and you mentioned you know one story already, but the world of diversity in this has to be extreme, right? From one player to the other that you find out? Very. 
very diverse roster. We have our oldest guy, I believe Mario is 43 years old. Whoa. And then we have a goalkeeper who's in high school still. So this is really <laughs> awesome. Like I mentioned before, these this is their only chance p- potentially for some of them to go pro. So it's all ages, all skill levels. You're going to have some really competitive guys out there. You're going to have some guys that just thought, hey, why not? I want to give it a shot. And they've been faithful to this program that all is- throughout. Absolutely awesome. That's Haley Jordan, ladies and gentlemen, with us right here. Okay. You love the Indy 11. We know that. What are your other teams? That you love. Oh, my other IU, teams. probably, right? Go Hoosiers. Yes, yeah. I covered both teams, both the men's and women's for March Madness. I was disappointed that the women especially didn't yeah. advance. I was hoping they would finish the Final Four. But, yeah, I'm a college girl, so I love to co- cover those college sports. Did you, co- you go through the IU broadcasting program? I did, yes. What's, uh, what's his nuts? What's Galen his name? Galen Clavio. Shout out to Dr. Uh, Clavio. He taught me everything I know. Galen Clavio. How long has he been there? Like forever? Oh, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I and think he's probably he going to be there he forever. He looks like he's been there forever so yeah. i'm assuming he's been there forever i would assume so too but no what, what it is it, it turns out uh, a lot of folks and obviously you've heard of mike wells mike is teaching down there i think this is i believe our kevin bowen from our morning show kevin bowen i think will maybe more than occasionally teach a class down there did uh, trisha whitaker teach Love you guys trisha down whitaker there? she's awesome I, she works for the rays now and yep. still answers all my calls and looks at all my real <laughs> stuff so shout out to trisha too <laughs> That's awesome. So once again, a little bit about the undrafted that people are going to see on RTV6 coming up in November. Undrafted, yeah, it follows 70 amateur soccer players at first. That got cut down to 46 players, and these players compete every single week facing each other. There's coaches, there's players voting and ranking each player. I'm allowed to rank, the coaches are allowed to rank, the players themselves are allowed to rank each other. And then at the end of this, probably four or five, maybe even less than that, we'll make it to Indy 11's preseason camp and maybe one has the opportunity to earn a professional contract. Do they rank themselves? They can rank themselves, yeah. There's oh, really? a, there's one guy, though, who has not voted for himself once, and he's in the top five on the ranking list right now. Really? But it is fair game to See, vote for yourself. that's an ultra-confident dude right, right. there. Right. Is, is he humble about. or confident? I don't know. Could go um, either way. I think, it, I think that you have to – you don't – I think in this case, in a world of insecurity, you have to be very secure in what you're doing. You know, so I, I I don't know if humble, yes, which are all good qualities, but I think you have to be pretty secure in how you're doing if you don't rank yourself number one, because I'm assuming everybody else probably is, right? I'm sure they are. Yes, I know every <laughs> other player has voted for themselves and ranked themselves pretty high. Haley Jordan, the pride of TriWest High School and uh, Indiana University, and you can check it out coming up in November on RTV6. It is called uh, Undrafted. She is the host, and Haley Jordan, we're biting, fighting the bugs off a little bit right here, right now. I need a bit of a breeze to come in, but hey, thanks for joining us, and good luck on whatever you do in the future, and we'll, uh, I'm sure, probably see you again sometime soon. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, and everyone, be sure to tune in to Undrafted. And now, do you want to do radio? Radio? I've never actually been on a radio show. This is my first time. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I've we never dabbled in radio We were actually kind of on before. TV, if you're looking yeah, there. there we We've go. got a YouTube feed. Uh, more comfortable with the lounge, camera. Uh, some of which are very degenerates. They're big time in there, degenerates. Oh, not all of them, but a couple of them are. Uh, but uh, they're a good group. Comes around every day. Good conversations. No- normally what happens is I'll have conversations about, let's say, NBA free agency on the show, and they're yakking it up about something completely different inside the lounge. But uh, that is Haley, everybody. So hey, say hello, hello to Haley hello, inside hello. the lounge via YouTube Live. Haley Jordan with us. Haley, thank you.
Thank you so much. Haley Jordan with the Indy 11. That's where we are at the training facility in Westfield today. Quick break and we'll come back. The Gorman for the Colts has got a special giveaway announcement that you will not want to miss coming up at the top of the hour. We'll get the Gorman on board as well. And Greg Stremlaw, who is the CEO and the Prez of the Indy 11 at 530 as we roll on live in Westfield with you with the Indy 11. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back here. We're with the Indy 11 at their training facility up in Westfield. Uh-oh. Neil Diamond in America is indeed a part of the JMV fireworks playlist tomorrow night. Carroll Stadium, Indy 11, after the game with the boys in blue. Fireworks set to the soundtrack put together by me, JMV, everybody. Uh, JMV, did you hear that? Haley is from Pittsburgh, Indiana. That's true. Yeah, no, that's where Jeremiah and Melissa Wheatley reside in Pittsburgh, Indiana. No, Haley was really cool right there. No, we'll podcast everything up today and uh, remind you of the undrafted show that's coming up on RTV6 in the month of November. In fact, there's actually a soccer match going on out here right now, game, match, whatever, and all the undrafted players are out there playing right now. And these dudes are going at it hard, as expected out there right now. I mean, going at it hard. So that'll be a part of the show once it airs coming up in November as well. But, no, she was really cool. Really enjoyed that. Hope you did as well. Uh, Undrafted, again, the show is coming up on RTV6. That is in the month of November. John Dishauer writes this. When was the last time a Pritchard-led team ever won anything? Not at Indy, not in Portland. Well, that's something they're trying to climb out of that right now. And again, we're approaching the official start at 6 o'clock of NBA free agency. And in case you missed it earlier today, Chris Duarte reportedly traded from the Pacers to the Sacramento Kings for check that draft compensation of some sort of how that's described. But that was a deal earlier today. And then everything else. Everything else is kind of going down via rumor right now, too. Get a lot of them, just not a lot of them, with the exception of Bruce Brown maybe being a target of the Pacers. That's that's really about it. Now, there are some who think that maybe the Pacers make a run at Tobias Harris. Again, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. And you've had names like Tobias Harris, DeAndre Hunter, Grant Williams has been mentioned. Uh, you have those names that have been mentioned so far as well. And, you know, I brought up Jeremy Grant, but there's no way that's going to happen. But just some thoughts as far as what's going on in the rumor mill as we approach 6 o'clock. Evan Sidery of Basketball News a little bit earlier, uh, we talked about that. Uh, what he thought that deal represented. I think Duarte, more than anything else, was just – no longer going to be necessary or a fit here. Now, a lot of you are going to ask this, and I think it's fair to say, he never did look like himself, like he did in his rookie season oftentimes last year coming back from that injury. But I think you could view it this way. They went out, they drafted Ben Shepard, and they're going to rely upon guys that they brought in right now, and that made Chris Duarte extremely expendable. And evidently, a deal going to Sacramento, which would perch right now the Pacers around the threshold of 36 plus 
million dollars of cap room. And again, I also know how sick and tired everybody is around here of hearing about cap room or cap space. But that's where they are. And they're going to have to spend, and we'll see where they end up spending. And again, one of the rumors floated around out there by Jake Fisher of Yahoo was that of Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, the guard, the backup guard off the bench for the champion Denver Nuggets, whom his head coach had mentioned would be brought back, likely is going to cost too money to be or too much money to be brought back there. And Mentioned are the Pacers as far as the Bruce Brown front is concerned. We'll see where they ends up going. You know, as I've talked about time and time again, just a lot ends up on the cutting room floor as far as all these rumors are concerned. Now, a lot of you are asking, so you and Mike were talking about, you know, not coming back and saying, hey, we went really big. And, again, what the Pacers do is what we, what we ask. They try to be as transparent as possible. I'm just suggesting we're kind of past the time of you guys wanting to hear how they were swinging big and missing. Remember, we're entering a new era right now. And I'm not just in terms of that talking about, you know, the expectations of winning. But we're entering an era in which a lot of what has been sold out there regarding the Pacers from people that that cover them and talk about them is the impact that a guy like Tyrese Halliburton is going to have on this team and it being I don't want to say easier because that's the wrong word to use especially in this dynamic I'm okay right now thanks Brad but the way that you look at it is this way you don't want to be talking about how well you tried something but it didn't work out I mean we're breaking new ground on this with this team and this organization moving forward so to me if you 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 did make a major play after a more major name I don't know if we need to hear it. I just think you just kind of move on and then you explain, well, this is where we are right now because all of this is part of a plan. I mean, maybe you didn't really want to go after somebody of name recognition. I just think we're at a point with the Pacers right now. They played it so well last year. Underselling and over-delivering, just like the Colts have to do this year. I think more of that, with the exception now of uh, we're going to expect them to deliver. I'm not talking about a top four type of team in the postseason next year or anything like that, but I'm going to expect them to improve upon, like they did last year, 10 more wins a year ago, improve upon 25 to 35 to 45, logically speaking. So no more of, well, this is what we tried to do, but we couldn't find anybody to do it, or you know, we couldn't quite get it done, but we had you know, all the good thoughts in mind of trying to get it done. Time now for us to move on from there we'll talk about that coming up in the five o'clock hour too. jeffrey gorman the gorman going to give you an opportunity or at least tell you about the opportunity we have on a terrific giveaway i mean a fantastic one coming up too with the gorman we'll talk a little bit of colts with the gorman as well remember the last words coming up after this show coming up at 6 30 tonight and greg strimlaw who is the indy 11 president and ceo coming up at the bottom of the five o'clock hour 239-1070. If you're on hold, I'll get back to you. And so much more still to come. We're live from the Indy 11 training facility, Grand Park in Westfield with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. It takes him a second to get on the stool because he's under five feet tall. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. <laughs> Oh, crank it up here, the late James Brown. 
Let's live it in America from the most patriotic of soundtracks of all time. Rocky Four, everybody. Hit it. JMV Takeover Fireworks soundtrack coming at you with the Indy 11 game after the boys in blue participate tomorrow night at Carroll Stadium. 7 o'clock tomorrow night for you. That is a piece of what you're going to hear as a part of the JMV Takeover and the playlist for tomorrow night's fireworks display. We're with the Indy 11 today. We're at their training facility up in Westfield. Thank you so much for joining us. Haley Jordan, a little bit earlier, too, undrafted. She's the host of that up here. That's going to air on RTV6 coming up in November. In fact, they're playing right now as a part of that show. Mark Lowry, the Indy 11 head coach, a little bit earlier. Evan Sidery about the beginning of NBA free agency on the show. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio regarding all, I mean, the massive amounts of ESPN personality cuts taking place today. We talk Pacers and Colts with that as well. But joining us now via the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylon, you normally hear him at a couple of different avenues, actually three, uh, if not more. Uh, You hear him coming up on the last word. Most Friday nights after me here, again, a weekly show, along with Matt Taylor, sometimes as Casey Valier. You'll hear him during the preseason games, of course, on the sideline doing stuff television-wise. You'll hear him do, with me and others, the pre-game shows on the radio. He's a friend of this show, the Gorman. Jeffrey Gorman's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Gorman, where do we find you on this fine central Indiana afternoon? John, how are you? Where you find me is uh, parts unknown on the West Coast. I'll leave it at that, John. We're trying to uh, we're trying to make a little bit of uh, some extra money around here, doing something about hitting a little white ball around the greenery. So uh, yeah, we're uh, gonna have a fun July Fourth weekend. Are you at uh, Riviera? Ah, boy, that's a. Uh, that, like, I can't <laughs> confirm or <laughs> I can't confirm or deny, but all I'm gonna say is. That number two hole at Riviera has always gotten the best of me, and I plan on bringing something to its knees later on this afternoon. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure of that. All right. So, who's anybody uh, ultra famous? Anybody average famous out there that you've seen on the course so far? I, yeah, you see guys like I love seeing Larry David out there, man. That's the best because I'm a big Curb Your Enthusiasm fan, and. Uh, just not too long ago, this was in the, within the last year. He was he was done with his round, and uh, he came up in his golf cart and he's calling for uh, assistance, assistance, and he's calling for one of the bad guys to help him. And he said, "I want these cl- I want these two clubs regripped." And he's having trouble uh, getting his bag off the back of the cart. It was like an episode of Curb. I, it was unbelievable. And then he picked his, he bear hugged his bag once he finally got it off the back of the cart, and then he tipped it over. And then he skewered around the clubs, and he said, it's these two right here. I want these with the same grips as the rest of the clubs. And then he said, uh, you're going to have to clean this up. And just handed the two clubs to the guy and, and walked into the clubhouse. And, and the poor assistant there, the bad guys, uh, you know, picking up picking up 12 other clubs right there that were strewn around the putting green. It was kind of funny to watch him. And, and, then, and then on top of everything, when he was walking, when Larry David was walking into the clubhouse, the song he kept singing over and over again is "Baby Come Back." Baby, <laughs> what? could see. I mean, out loud. Out Doing a little yacht rock player right there is Larry yeah. David. I like it. Yeah. No, you see Joe Pesci out there a lot, which is fun, and and uh, you got to stay away from Pesci. That's the word on the street. 
Uh, he doesn't like to talk to strangers, and you don't need to compliment him on stuff. So you just give him a nod and, and walk by and uh, like that. You know, Oscar De La Hoya is also – you see him around out there. I'm just trying to think of some names of some people we're playing with. Or you don't walk, but you walk by Pesci and go, "Hey, Spider! Hey, Spider!" I can't. See, I can't. I want to, but I can't. I want to talk to him about Goodfellas. I want to talk to him about you know the Irish. I want to talk to him about all these, sh- but I can't. You know, so Spider, guess, you hey, mumbling. Yeah, that's what you need to do when Pesci walks by. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's been a thousand people that ask him, you know, do I amuse you? Am I a clown to you? You know, so no. It's, like it's funny ha-ha? Fun, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're out here having fun, and uh, and I'm looking forward to the next month, especially, you know, with uh, training camp opening up pretty soon. And, uh, you know, we'll be back, and this thing's going to be a full blow. And, and uh, just watch, you know, all the new faces that are in there and obviously see what Shane Steichen to do. We're all, all fired up for that. But I'm glad we're talking today, John, because there's a couple of big things coming up that some of your listeners, hopefully, will uh, be able to participate in as far as the Jim Ursay Collection touring show that goes on. And, uh, you know, happy to – I may get in trouble with our PR department, but but, uh, September 8th, we're having another kickoff show at Lucas Oil Stadium. September 9th is the opener or excuse me, September 10th is the opener for the Colts. So that Friday night at Lucas Oil Stadium, he's doing it again. He's having a bunch of great artists up there. He's putting the collection everywhere on the floor. And, you know, there's been a lot more new stuff that have have been added in the year to his, you know, world-renowned, great, you know, collection of, you know, everything from arts to entertainment to political artifacts and, uh, you know some of the great things that he has. It really is a world class thing. But uh, but that's coming up September the eighth. I just want everybody. Do you, do you to happen to that. know? I, I know that this is pretty far away. Do you have any idea what musical acts will be on stage with him? I'm just going to throw out some names, and I'll say that 75 percent of the names that I say will be there. There's going to be some people that that uh, that unfortunately back out. But we have got some confirmations from, you know, hey, we're interested. We're going to check schedules and everything. Like, you know, Ann Wilson from Heart, she did it last yeah. year. Billy Gibbons, Vince Gill. Vince Gill might not be able to because of an Eagles tour. Uh, Kevin Cronin from REO Speedwagon, who goes up there and, you know, plays five of the greatest REO Speedwagon songs. Uh you know, back to back to back, and uh, and 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 you know, we've got a show coming up, John. Uh, one before that, right, is in Boston on July fifteenth. The Jim Mercer Collection Show will be at TD Garden in Boston, right in the, uh, you know, the enemy's backyard, if you will. And this is kind of an Olive Branch show. We're going to have a lot of fun out there because, uh, again, Kevin Cronin will be there, Vince Gill, and Peter Wolf, John. Wow. That's awesome. Jay Giles. Yeah. So uh, I I don't think – you, Goreman, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Peter Wolf does very much. That's a hell of a get. Yeah, he doesn't. He's uh, a little bit reclusive. He doesn't play a lot. He certainly hasn't played since the pandemic. Uh, he's getting up there, but – you know, if you you know if you YouTube him and see him see his recent performances in the last you know couple of years, he hasn't missed a beat. So he's going to be fun yeah. and playing those you know freeze frame and love stinks and all the Jay Giles hits up there. And uh, no, it's going to be great. But that's all I wanted to, to talk with you today about. Um, I don't know how you and your producer and whoever the heads are over there, but uh, we want to give away a couple of free tickets and free air airfare and free hotel 
and free transportation to and from the hotel to the gig at TD Garden. For one lucky listener, that'll be them and a guest, and uh, and just send it out there and just uh, do a solid for people that are listening to your show and you know and, and go out there and see if uh, they have some some fun. So however you want to do that contest, John, I'm putting it out there right now. Uh, two lucky winners, all expense paid trip to Boston. You know July. 14th and then probably leave on the 16th and uh, like i said everything is carte blanche and they'll have vip tickets and uh and be able to to say hello and see the collection and and watch an incredible show and it's going to be great because um i've been working on getting a lot of expatriate greats at the show oh wow that will include some ex-colts greats with the likes of Tarek glenn adam benetary edger and james reggie wayne uh just to mention a few and then on the uh, on the other side, Joanne Druzy, who's got a wonderful foundation for pediatric cancer, uh, Mr. Ursay wanted to help him out uh, with a healthy donation. So Joanne Druzy is uh, is going to be there with um, a few of his former teammates, as well as like Vince Woolfork will be there, and uh, you know introducing them to the crowd and having a kind of an olive branch with some of the Colts greats up there. I don't think Brady or Manning are going to make it, but uh, you know they'll be re- they'll be represented well out there. So. Well, Manning's doing a lot of stuff in Denver, right, in preparation for the start of the football season again, doing his ESPN Monday Night Show with his brother right there. But, no, Gorman, I love this. So, again, what we're going to do, and he alluded to the fact that we don't know as of yet. Actually, I take that back. We will inform you on Wednesday how you can win. And, again, it's a pair of of tickets for this so it's a winner and whomever the winner wants to bring with them airfare hotel transportation to boston again for a winner and a friend of the winner july the 15th the jim ursay collection show at the td garden in boston i i love this idea I love it, too. And I love the fact that whomever wins this, like I said, Peter Wolf never does anything. I mean, he no. doesn't do anything. No. Jay Giles, man, I, I think of Peter Wolf in the mid-'80s when he, he did his own thing and Lights Out and Come As You Are are two great songs of his yep. catalog. That is, And I know in terms of you know getting Boston flavor, everybody always thinks of, of Aerosmith and, and things of that nature, and they wouldn't be wrong, but Peter Wolf is from Boston as well. That is a fantastic get for that show hey, coming hey. up July the 15th. <laughs> Hey, I'll, I'll let you in on a little back uh, behind behind the uh, you know behind the curtain details. Uh, Steven Tyler uh, was uh, was confirmed for the Boston show, and for about for about a couple weeks. And Ursay was talking about a very very special guest that's going to join us on stage and stuff. Well, in I guess in typical Tyler form, he said yes, I'd love to do it and look forward to it. And then two weeks later, he said, Oh man, I can't, I can't because I have fill in the blank, but. Uh, he was in, and then he was out. So I, I, I did want that. We did want that Boston, you know, flavor to be there for a Boston show. And it, uh, Steven Tyler, uh, you know, came up, and uh, you know, he was in, and then he was out, unfortunately. And then we talked about uh, Peter Wolf, and uh, it was kind of funny because they, when I made the call, initial call to Wolf's management company, they were like, uh, wh- "Who are you again? What are you talking about? And is this <laughs> is this real? You know, and is this real? And it's going to take this amount, you know, to get Peter Wolf out there. And it's like, you know, and I I gave him all the details and everything, and 
finally there are you know we're all best friends right now but it's going to be a hell of a show it's going to be hot there in boston and uh you know it'll be right in the middle of the summer it's a great city and uh you know a couple of people lucky fans of yours and ursays can go out there and uh and have a, gr- a great weekend, a couple of days, all on uh, all on the boss's dime. He'll take care of you know everything for him. So I'm glad we're talking about it to get people fired up. But while you're there, and if you're listening right now, I mean, put it on your calendars, man. A free show yeah. September the eighth. That's that last year. You know, we had twenty six thousand people through those doors. Um, you know, we want to fill that sucker up as much as possible, and it's going to be a great, great rock and roll show. Uh, some of the names, you know, Billy Gibbons, et cetera, and stuff like that. And, and, and of course, Ursay's own collective band with the likes of Mike Mills and Kenny Wayne Shepard and Kenny Aronoff and Mike Wanchek. You know, they'll be they'll be there at both shows, obviously, too. So it's, it's going to be a great show in September. Great way to kick off a new Colts season and, you know, a new Colts face, if you will, of, uh, you know, we're going to see what Anthony Richardson is going on with the team in uh, in training camp, so it's it's going to be great. And I just kind of wanted to lay that out to people that are listening that, you know, that opening weekend for the Colts, come on out to Lucas Oil Stadium twice, once on Friday and once on Sunday for the game. Well, it, it's, it's interesting you're on here talking about that, and the Gorman's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline because I'm at the Indy 11 training facility in Westfield, and I am Soccer. watching. They are slowly but surely putting together – the training camp stands and everything that entails Colts training camp. So we're closing out the month of June, and they're right now working on getting things ready for the end of July once training camp is officially underway up here. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I know the stuff is going up now, and old uh, our buddy Troy Glenn Denning is up there making sure the yep. turf is, is all in good shape and the grass is green. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great one. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, for this team and, and, you know, about what's going on and the new leadership as far as the offense goes. And obviously uh, with the, you know, the team goes as well with Shane Steichen in his first, his first training camps. And it's going to be fun. Don't forget we got some dual practices, some night practices with the Chicago Bears out there at Grand Park. And then um, in Philadelphia, they're also going to have a couple dual practices, uh, you know, against Sariani and the boys up in Philly. So it's going to be a competitive, competitive summer for a lot of these, you know, youngsters that are trying to make the squad. But we're in good shape and looking forward to it. But I'm excited about all that. And I'm excited about just being able to share, you know, the news about a, a free trip for somebody if they want to head out to Boston. And, of course, the September 8th show at Lucas. It's going to be a hell of a party. Uh, you mentioned that, too, and the Gorman is with us. That's July the 15th at TD Garden in Boston, the Jim Ursay Collection Show, which will feature Kevin Cronin. And there's always, again, more that seemingly are added along the way. Vince Gill, yeah. that the Gorman talked about. Gorman, Vince Gill's been uh, rolling around with the Eagles. And uh, Peter Wolf of Jay Giles Band and just the lead singing, uh, Peter Wolf. And we've got a pair of tickets, meaning a winner and whomever the winner wants to bring with them. We'll tell you next Wednesday how you can win these again July the 15th with airfare, hotel accommodations, transport uh, to Boston for a couple of listeners to go see the Jim Irsay collection. How has that gone so far? I know you've been to, to different cities over the course of this run. Is there a, a favorite one you've had so far yeah i mean the chicago one was great and I, I believe the best show of it was up in san francisco when we did that and you know we had um you know we had 8500 people up there in san francisco and it was uh 
it was you know what Ursa has as far as Tiger the guitar that that Jerry Garcia had from the Grateful Dead. You know San Francisco is right uh, a, a huge Deadhead area still, and I know that's we're going back 50 years on stuff. You know when it comes to the Grateful Dead, but it was great. It's it's and, and Boston another thing, and it's funny to. to it's funny because that that piece that he owns, uh, Jerry Jerry Garcia's Tiger guitar, is kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like the thing that Indiana Jones was searching for back in the day. It's like <laughs> when, they, when they find, you know what I'm saying? When they can yeah. see that and they see it with their own eyes and they can't touch it, but they see it go up on stage and they see Kenny Wayne Shepherd play it and stuff. It's you know, it's a religious experience because you know some of these deadheads are so crazy when it comes to Garcia and the band. So it's it's really fun being a part of that and watching it. And uh, you know, it's going to be another great one in Boston. But uh, my favorite show, yeah, definitely San Francisco. And there's a lot of dancing and uh, you know, tough to breathe in there, John. We were breathing some uh, <laughs> some different fungibles all over the place that day. I was a little <laughs> lightheaded myself. Oh, I've never I've never breathed that in before. What are you talking about? Of yes, of course, of course. But no, it was one of those great shows. But I love the Lucas Oil Oil Show uh, last year. I mean, it was amazing. We tried it. We said, you know, let's see if we can do it. We, you know, pretty much, like I said, twenty six thousand people showing up. We'd love to double that this year if possible. And uh, and just uh, you know, it's everything's free. You know, it's like that's that's the beauty of it is he he just wants to give back to music fans and he wants to share his collection because he's like, I'm not, I'm not putting this stuff in my garage and, you know, showing my neighbor every couple of weeks, he wants to get it. And that's, that's the reason for the tour to share this, uh, share this collection with the world. And, you know, he, he's talking about Italy and London and, you know, possibly something next year, uh, next season, rather, when the, the Colts are, you know, playing in Germany. And, you know, there's a lot going on. But I, I just – the guy's heart, as you know, John, is as big as, you know, we've seen. And he just loves doing this. And everything's on his – you know, he's paying for everything for this. So, um, you know, I just want to put the word out and give him the respect that, hey, we're trying to tell as many people as, as possible, come on out. It's going to be a great party. You're going to see an incredible collection, an historical collection. And then – you know, you're going to get your socks blown off with some of the music that night. No, I love it, too. And I love the fact that uh, you're giving listeners of this show an opportunity on July the 15th to be in Boston again with the airfare, hotel accommodations, uh, transportation in Boston for the Jim Ursay Collection Show, which as of right now features Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon, Vince Gill, who's been uh, going around with the Eagles, and uh, Peter Wolf of Jay Giles Band. All and more are going to be there. And coming up on Wednesday, when we're back on the air here, we will tell you exactly how you can win that pair of tickets and go on July the 15th. Man, that is absolutely awesome of you to do, though. That is great, especially yeah, this time no, of year. I mean, it's all you mentioned, like, the Grateful Dead, and Dead & Company was here two nights ago up at Ruoff and you could tell this that we have never seen more groups more artists more musicians on the road in the past six months and and really will continue through the summer and into the fall than we have seen right now it has been we knew it was coming after COVID but it's been amazing and also one thing that nobody knows about but I'm gonna throw it out there right now Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Farm Aid and, uh, you know, you uh, have been to a Farm Aid before, you never had, uh, Little Bird's telling me that it's going to be real close to home this year in September, and there'll be a special guest up there on the Farm Aid stage, too, about, uh, again, uh, a very generous uh, 
very generous uh, person will oh. be on that stage making some music at some point. So all right, well, which gonna... which generous person are we talking about? The uh, local, <laughs> the Monroe County generous person, or the uh, uh, how should I put this? The uh, the cannabis generous person. What are we talking about here? I'm just just the generous with cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. Farm made farm made this year will have a Colts feel to it. I'll say that if you're a fan of the Colts, if you're a fan of Jim Irsay collection, you're a fan of music. Also, you know, get some tickets to farm made because it'll be a hell of a party. But I really I didn't even know. know. Are we breaking news here? I didn't even know it was here. I don't know, know nothing about anything, John. That's all okay. I'm saying. All I'm saying, <laughs> I don't think probably they haven't even announced it yet. But uh, oh, good. But we're gonna figure. That's good. Yeah, we're well. So, thanks for just putting my ass one, in a sling on this show. Thank you very much. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just we're just working through it. That's all we're doing. No, but it, it's it, all good. Great. There's a couple of great chances for people to see this collection and see the band and stuff like that. And hopefully, that winner's going to have a great time. He's coming to Boston, and I know everybody listening. Hey, you know, free parking, free everything at Lucas Oil Stadium on September 8th for a free show. Come on out and party and celebrate the Colts and celebrate the collection and and celebrate with your old buddy Jim Irsay. So it's going to be a good one. No, that's going to be a good time. Hey, in closing here with the Gorman, I was looking again. I mentioned that they're putting together the stands here for training camp coming up at the end of July. I, I think just because of the new direction, both head coach and quarterback that the Colts are embarking upon right now, uh, is it uh, safe to say that this is going to be arguably the most notable, most attended training camp that we have seen around here? Yeah, without question, John, without question. I mean, everybody's excited about, you know, a certain young man, but then a a couple of certain young men that are going to be on this roster this year and a a different look for the Colts, you know, new leadership with Shane Steichen. So, yeah, it's going to be packed up there. There's a couple of night practices that are starting at 6 o'clock. Those are always fun. Uh, You know, you can find out more information on training camp at Colts.com. But, yeah, it'll be be amazing, man. It's going to be great because everybody, not just us here in Indy, but the whole NFL – all eyes are on this freak athlete named Anthony Richardson and what he can bring to the table. So it'll be fun watching his progression. And I urge everybody, let's be patient with the young man. And I do say young, because let's be patient. He's going into one of the toughest occupations in all of sports that's, uh, you know, running an NFL offense. So it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. Gorban, we'll get the word out as of Wednesday. That's when we'll tell people how you can win. And again, the Gorman has put up here a couple of tickets. It is a winner-take-all. Uh, it's the winner and then another for the winner's friend or whomever to attend the Jim Irsay Collection Show July the 15th at TD Garden in Boston. Airfare, hotel accommodations, transportation, going to the show, and more. And the show features Kevin Cronin, Vince Gill, Peter Wolf, and a host of others. We will tell you on Wednesday how you can win. And, again, that show is on July the 15th. Gorman, I appreciate that, man. That's fantastic. People are going to love Good that. Deal. And we'll tell them how they can win coming up on Wednesday. That's good. We'll talk before that or whatever you want to do. We'll figure out how you want to do it. Maybe, I don't know if it's a call or nine thing, but maybe have some, uh, maybe have some trivia on music or something where the first or ninth, ninth, you know, something like that where the, yeah. where the ninth caller wins because they're, they're getting some rare uh, exclusive, uh, you know, trivia question, right? Yeah. I don't know. You guys figure it out, but we're giving away the tickets and the airplane and the, and, you know, the hotel room, and it's going to be a hell of a show. But I'm just urging you, uh, remind people about September the 8th because it's right in our backyard, and it's going to be a hell of a show. And, and John, you will be there. You will be there. 
That's awesome, man. I cannot wait. All right, Goreman, stay in touch, and we'll get that thing started on Wednesday. Happy holidays, hit, hit, folks. We'll hit him straight. Soon. Hit him straight at Riviera. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. I'm making a mortgage payment on that. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. See ya. Uh, Goreman calling from Los Angeles, California. And I love this. You know how much I love music. Obviously, we talk sports and love sports, but we try to uh, factor in music as well. And uh, this is what we're going to tell you how you can win on Wednesday. I'm off on both Monday and Tuesday, as are all the shows here, uh, celebrating, obviously, soaking up the uh, Independence Day. Uh, That is forthcoming early next week, so we're going to be off both Monday and Tuesday. And with that in mind... On Wednesday, we will tell you how you can win a pair of tickets to go see the Jim Mersey Collection July the 15th, TD Garden in Boston. That's airfare, hotel accommodations, transportation, and more. And I just love the fact, I can't remember the last time I even saw Peter Wolf play. Peter Wolf of the Jay Giles Band. Peter Wolf went solo, if you remember, in the mid-'80s as well. Uh, just a great musician, a great singer. Vince Gill, who's been rolling around and touring with the Eagles, and Kevin Cronin, a longtime frontman of REO Speedwagon. That and more are part of that show, and we're going to give you a chance to win tickets to go to Boston. A lot of former Colts players will be a part of that. A lot of former Patriots players will be a part of that on July the 15th. We'll tell you on Wednesday how you can win those tickets. So, to listen to win coming up on Wednesday to make sure you're in this and maybe get a chance to jet out to July the 15th and that day to TD Garden to check out the Jim Ursay collection. Quick break and we'll come back. Greg Stremlaw, who is the Indy 11 president and CEO, was going to join us coming up on the other side. That and more. The latest on the NBA rumor mill, which at 6 o'clock, it's official. That is when the NBA free agency period is underway. And the Pacers make a move reportedly already trading Chris Duarte to Sacramento for draft compensation yet to be determined and we'll see exactly what path they're taking here if this is just to get more flexibility in which we're kind of all tired of but we know what they're doing or if it's going to be going after something a little bit bigger in this that and more still to come we'll talk about as we're live in westfield with the indy 11 at their training facility on a friday it's 93.5 and 107 by the fan the Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, shout out to the Goreman for joining us. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a part of the fireworks song playlist for the JMV Takeover tomorrow night after the boys in blue play down at the mic. Fireworks display is the only going on downtown that's coming up tomorrow night, and the JMV Takeover playlist will be representing with songs like this. And I did want to mention, Gorman, again, July the 15th, TD Garden in Boston, the Jim Ursay Collection will be playing there, and along with a lot of former Colts players, a lot of former Patriots players, as the Gorman mentioned. But Kevin Cronin, REO Speedwagon's longtime lead. Vince Gill, who's on tour with the Eagles right now, and... uh, 
Peter Wolf of Jay Giles Band. Peter Wolf will be a part of that as well. That's coming up July the 15th. And coming up on Wednesday on this show, I will tell you how you can win a pair of tickets to go see that, which is awesome. So a shout out to the Gorman and to Jim Ursay for offering those up for the Jim Ursay collection that is coming up on the 15th of July. TD Garden in Boston. Meantime, with us right here, we've talked to a lot of folks out here so far, including the head coach, Mark Lowry, of the Indy 11. Their president and CEO is Greg Strimlaw. He's with us now. Greg, it's good to have you. How you doing, man? Very well, my friend. You? Fan-stinking-tastic. So once upon a time, you were the president of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation Sports Wing. Is that true? That's correct. How did that go? Give me a storyline of that. How many uh, years and how did it go? A uh, number of years in charge of everything Olympic-related. So uh, Chef de Michon in uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And then wow. off to Pyeongchang 2018. And then, uh, you know, here in Indianapolis. So, yeah. Also looked after National Hockey League rights with Hockey Night in Canada. So a lot wow. of fun. Hockey fun. Night in in Canada. That's right. That thing is that as big still? It's as iconic it as it's ever been. Honestly, it was a dream come true to have full oversight of it, and uh, very, very, very pleased that it went very well. Oh my. I can't imagine. What's that like in, in terms of, of what we watch here in the United States? What was that show like popularity-wise in Canada? Uh, num- number one program for decades, literally. It's something that families would park themselves in front of the TV <laughs> on Saturday night, watch the doubleheader. My, I did it with my parents. My kids did it with me. So, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of fun. When you watch NHL teams battle it out for the Stanley Cup from uh, South Florida and Las Vegas um, – I'm assuming that doesn't – does it burn you at all uh, well, I, with the I, Canadian I, influence? I, 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 I grew up in Boston, so I'm an original yeah. six guy. I right, obviously okay. spent a lot of years uh, north of the border. So that said, the the league and the sport has changed a lot. Uh, but with that comes a lot of other young kids that get into it. So, you know what, we got to take it with a grain of salt. It may not be the, the what the purists want per se, but uh, it's still, still fun. Well, I mean, and you bring up a great point. You, you have to adapt. You do. I mean, it, it, adapt or die. I think it was from the film Moneyball when that's Billy true. Bean, Brad Pitt said, yeah. no, you got to adapt or you got to die. And that's, that's where we are so in so many different levels. You're watching what's going on with ESPN with their massive layoffs right yeah. now. They laid off today one of, if certainly their best NBA analyst, but one of the best analysts anywhere. So you just kind of got to adapt you to do. that, I guess. But, you man, do. so you many, do. no doubt. All right, say, speaking of adapt, How's the Indy 11 adapting right now? We got a lot of things on the go, as I think you probably talked about earlier yep. in the program. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, obviously, we did groundbreaking with uh, 11 Park, <laughs> boy, just a few weeks ago, and it was really well attended. Private ceremony. Uh, you know, we bought the land last year right on the White River, yep. uh, but a 20-acre parcel, and then uh, we hired groups like Populous as a national uh, design firm and architect, and we released the renderings, and we said we were going to do groundbreaking sometime in May. We left it till May 31st, but we right. still did groundbreaking. <laughs> it was great to see. So. We're underway. Now we do uh, remediation, abatement, uh, excavation, construction, and we start that trajectory. Uh, listen, I, I've heard this story, and I don't know the depth of truth to it, but they're, that the diamond chain company being built on top of a long-ago cemetery, is there truth to that? Again, wasn't here with that. All, all we've yeah. said publicly, and again, I'm not the expert in it, is we, yeah. we plan to follow all the rules of the right. land and work with the city in full collaboration on anything that uh, may, may or may not be there. Obviously, nobody really knows, but... Uh, it's a 100-year-old it's a facility, and we're going to follow the highest levels of standards in the world. How much of this vision that is being created is yours? Well, I came here for part of ownership's vision, right? So, yeah. I mean, you just talked about CBC, left, I think, one of the greatest sports rules in the world. and. 
came here because wanted to be part of Indy, uh, wanted to grow the sport of soccer, and 11 Park was part of that vision. And uh, obviously, you know, 2019 was hugely successful. When, when our family got here, we were able to collaborate with the State House and get a PSDA uh, signed in, in terms of enabling legislation to allow what we're trying to do in the vision to come hold. Uh, now we're starting to see the pin in the map. We know where it's going. Pandemic didn't help, didn't help any of us, right? It's almost two and a half years of trying to make sure that you survive and you sustain. And now it's back to the front burner uh, in terms of building, constructing, planning, all of that. And, and we can't do it alone. We've, we've said that, right? We've, we've hired D3I as a master planner. We've hired Populous as a national design firm. Uh, Browning Day is a local architect of record. Uh, we've recently hired Playfly Premier to help us sell naming rights and a number of the landmark assets that'll be there. And, and I think the big thing is it's a lot more than just the stadium. That's the one that gets me up in right. the morning, but it's a district, right? It's, it's, right. it's something unique that the city has not seen. The Ride with JMV. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to Westfield, the training facility of the Indy 11. And in the category of things you did not know until you went to break, Greg Strimlaw is with us. He's the Indy 11 president and CEO. I did not know that you played for Team USA in hockey back in the mid-'80s. Brad, where is that, man? I don't even see that right here. I know. Well, he just read me the riot act during the break because he didn't want me to bring it up. But uh, you know me. I'm going to bring it up. You played for Team USA. What year is it in the mid-'80s? Yeah, mid to late-'80s. Long time ago. Long time ago. We'll leave it there. You did play with and against some notables. Yeah, there there were some guys that went on. Absolutely. Uh, some guy named Ronick. Yeah, he, he, was, he was. He was all right. He was all right. He, he was all right. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you? How did you compare to? To those guys, I, I couldn't compare to them. I, I just I found my way on the squad somehow. That's all I'm going to say. That is awesome, right there. I, I had no idea of that too. So no, the Team USA, and you know, obviously, what was that? Probably half a decade, five or six years after, you know, a miracle on ice type mm-hmm. of stuff there. That's, That's right. Did you know, did you know any of those guys? A, a, a few of them. In fact, I can say my, my son played AAA hockey for quite a few years before he decided to go in baseball. And one of the best experiences was going and taking him to Lake Placid and actually getting on the ice by ourselves with all the doors closed and actually just, God. just feeling the vibe. It's still there. You can still feel the energy. I mean, it's still the same rink more seats than there were in 80, but it's still the exact same That's ice incredible. surface. It's just hair in the back of your neck stands One up. of these days, you and I, and I know people would love to hear this story one of these days, one of these days, you and I, over a couple of cocktails, are going to have to to talk about these. I, I see that stuff just, I love that that's stuff. Good. That's good. But also the Indy 11, too. We're talking about the, <laughs> the project that's uh, uh, just now getting its grassroots underway officially here. And um, oh, there you go. Go ahead and take that. How about the team? Did I talked to Coach about that, Coach Lowry, a little bit earlier, too, and the position you guys are in. Pretty favorable right yep. now as far as postseason is concerned. It is. It is. As I say, it's uh, not quite the halfway point, and the team's gelling nicely. Uh, big game tomorrow night, uh, 7.30 down at Carroll Stadium, and uh, fireworks display. Hopefully everything cooperates weather-wise, but, yeah. you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge as we get to it. But, yeah, we've, we've, we think we've got lots of talent. They've they've got to obviously gel, put it together, and put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Uh, great, great road win last week. Uh, you know, making Sports Center top ten with yeah. uh, Mr. Lindley's goal, uh, yep. not too bad. That's uh, that's that's quite the shot. Now, you grew up a big fan of soccer. I did, you, absolutely. Yep, played high school, played university. So, and I want to get a little background here. Um, yeah, obviously, Greg is from Boston. 
originally, right? So you grew up, a, I'm sure, a fan of like what we grew up a fan of. You gravitated toward, you know, soccer. You gravitated toward hockey as well. Yep. I would guess, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so when, when did you really get your your deep rooted love of soccer? And then how did you ultimately get up being the leader of the Indy Eleven organization? Yeah, no, I, I played soccer all the way through. Uh, you know, as I say, all, all the way through young age, uh, through high school, uh, some in university, but also multi sports. So as we were talking off the air, have a multi sport, high performance family that were rather addicted to these things and uh, uh, loved hockey. Also, a few pounds ago, used to used to be a, a high performance swimmer myself. So, but that's a that's a long time ago. And soccer, uh, always loved it. Uh, yeah. When I was at CBC. We had uh, we had rights for MLS soccer, so you get to know uh, Major League Soccer executives and a lot of the teams and the clubs. Uh, we we carried a number of the national team men's and women's games right. as well, uh, and we also had at the time uh, for years exclusive rights to FIFA World Cup. So our last two would have been uh, South Africa in 2010 and Brazil in 2014. So with that, you just get ingrained and you see the sport from a different side. Greg Strimlaw is with the CEO and president of the Indy 11. I'm curious, what do you think? Um, where are we in terms? Of, of fandom for the Indy 11 and you know where, where's the ceiling at I don't Indy think we've 11? reached the ceiling I mean clearly we play in a, in, a, in a venue right now that we don't own it's part of a collegiate campus and we're very proud to be partners with IUPUI uh, but it wasn't built for soccer everybody knows that it was built for the 1987 Pan American Games it has you know a track surface around it and, and, and as I say we're very pleased that, that they're able to partner with us to enable us to have games there uh, but we're looking forward to our first permanent home for both men's and women's professional soccer uh, the ability to sell naming rights the ability to control what goes on LED boards, both inside and outside the venue, the ability not to have potential vertical restrictions with sponsorship categories and things, because we will be kind of in the driver's seat to control uh, much of that, including who comes in and out. So even our own schedule. I mean, when you're, when you're a tenant, whether we are at Lucas Oil, also a phenomenal Mm -hmm. partner or Carroll Stadium or anywhere else, uh, there's still always going to be the proverbial blackout days. There's going to be other things because it's their venue, right? So at this point, this will be a true soccer-specific venue. Uh, It will be multi-purpose, but the men's and women's teams will have first priority in terms of how their rest and periodization amongst the league works. So that also will go to help and assist with wins and losses, in my opinion, as well. We talk about raising the bar, too, with the fan base here. Do you have um, a potential vision of raising the bar like MLS bar-wise here? Is that something – is within your vision now or is that something that's still pretty far well I, I think we've said publicly that we're we're building this venue regardless of what league we play in we're very right. proud members of the United Soccer League championship level sure. which is their top tier we want to be a pre the preeminent franchise uh, club within the entire USL ecosystem we also believe that this uh, venue will be the crown jewel I think that's not a bold statement of me to make I think it's a goal of ours it's a vision of ours um, from there it'd be premature for me to talk about whether there's other league or, or leagues that we may mm-hmm. may look at where as i say we've got other unfinished work to do in usl and we're as i say we're a very proud member on the women's side we're already at the top when that super league launches it will be the top tier i've already said so it'll be a, a d1 league uh, as a founding member we're, we're very pleased to be part of that so i think we've got two very very capable situations we find ourselves in and in the interim we're building that true pathway to pro right i mean we've expanded when we last chatted we, we barely had a youth development program three years ago we had zero kids um now we've got sixteen thousand plus right around yeah. the state 
um, whether it's Terre Haute or Fort Wayne or South Bend, we've got these great youth kids, typically 6 to 12-year-olds, boys and girls, but that gives them an opportunity to be affiliated with our brand, to come and watch a professional soccer game or games, amongst many other things. Now with the Pro Academy acquisition and, and partnership that we did and announced a few weeks ago, which I'm not sure if that's been talked about today, you know, we've got the most elite teams uh, from U12 to U19 in the state of Indiana. Will Tomorrow is July 1st. It, it becomes the Indy 11 Professional Academy. Uh, the girls' teams will play in ECNL, arguably the best development league in North America, U12 to U19, and the boys will play in Major League Soccer next, MLS next. So that'll augment our USL Academy Cups and our USL Academy uh, League play, which to me is a pretty robust uh, program as we work towards like tonight the W League and then the Super League for the women. I'll tell you what, what a great story, Greg. It's been an absolute pleasure to pleasure have you on. Let's do this again. You got it, my friend. We got to do this again over a cocktail, though, sometime, because I got to know some other you stuff. You said two cocktails. I have uh, multi, okay. multi you cocktails. Got it. You I, got I, it. I know a guy. You know a guy? I know a guy. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Greg Strimlaw, who runs the Indy 11, the president and the CEO here with us. The training facility will continue moving forward here on the 6 o'clock hour, and NFL Hall of Fame linebacker Derek Brooks going to join us coming up here at the top of the 6 o'clock hour or a little bit after as well. All right, quick break. We'll come back. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, shout out to uh, CEO and President of the Indy 11, Greg Strimlaw, for joining us. That was a really good conversation right there. Really good conversation. Enjoyed that more than you know. By the way, too, some... Late breaking NBA news from Shams. Draymond Green and CEO of Clutch Sports, Rich Paul, have agreed on a four year, $100 million contract to return to the Golden State Warriors. So, uh, four years, $100 million. And as everybody thought, Draymond Green going back to the Golden State Warriors. And officially, it is now. After six, two minutes passed, and free agency in the NBA is underway. In case you missed it earlier today, Chris Duarte reportedly traded from the Pacers to the Sacramento Kings for draft compensation. We have yet to see anything as far as the draft compensation is concerned. So is it something they're putting together for a bigger deal or something they're putting together for even more assets further down the road, and that is yet to be determined. But Chris Duarte, after a couple of years here, and again, a really good rookie season for Duarte. And then last year, hampered, of course, with a myriad of injuries and really did not play to the level that was expected upon his return, and he has been dealt reportedly to the Sacramento Kings. All right, the Nets also, within the past three hours, Joe Harris to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, that is according to Shams as well. I think uh, along with Joe Harris, the Nets sent a 2027 Maverick second rounder and a 2029 Bucks second rounder to Detroit. So Joe Harris leaving Brooklyn and going to uh, the uh, Detroit Pistons. Uh, Josh Hart opted into his $12.9 million contract to return to the New York Knicks. And uh, this was actually, this is even a day ago now, but a lot of people talking about the destination location for one James Harden. That is also in the works as far as it looks as if he is going to be dealt from the Philadelphia 76ers. Along with this news, you have a lot of notable ESPN personalities being laid off today. And 
among those, college football wife David Pollux, one of those long longtime college football analysts for ESPN. Susie Culber, who's been there for the better part of 30 years, was laid off. Steve Young, their Monday night football analyst, was laid off earlier today. Jalen Rose as well. And the biggest surprise to me was that of Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy uh, laid off by ESPN, and I think he's state-of-the-art as an NBA analyst. And I know the reports out there right now state that Doc Rivers could be the hard target for ESPN as their top NBA analyst moving forward. But I was a tremendous fan of Jeff Van Gundy. And I'm sure he'll find a spot someplace else, hopefully so, because he is somebody that when you're watching an NBA game, especially the way that he looks at it in terms of breaking it down, and then also in terms of the way that he will be critical. Critical of those on the floor, critical of the NBA for decision-making as well, especially in terms of the officiating, in terms of the replay. And I think that's a voice that is necessary. And if you love the NBA like I do, and I do, if you love the NBA like I do, a voice that you uh, want to continue hearing, at least on some particular level. Um, looks as if, and we'll see, that there are reports out there that the Pacers are signing Bruce Brown Jr., a member of the Nuggets title team this past month. Bruce Brown Jr. will follow this story. I'm getting ready to bail right here, but Bruce Brown Jr., um, according to some Internet reports out there, let's see here, could end up being a Pacer. That was a rumor today, but uh, we'll see if that's solidified later on this after. I should say later on this evening as officially it is underway with NBA free agency. But joining us on Wednesday, I want to get to that, then close. Last word, bottom of the hour, JMV takeover coming up tomorrow night on B105.7. Our conversation on Wednesday with NFL Hall of Famer Derek Brooks. Joining us now, uh, back to the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the NFL Hall of Famer inducted back in 2014. Uh, he's the longtime linebacker of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He hands down in-game misconduct discipline weekly in the NFL, and he's also an owner with walk-ons where we are today here in downtown Indy. The incredibly talented Derek Brooks joins us now. Hello, Derek. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, sir, but I do want to make one Slight correction and disclaimer. Okay. I do, as an appeals officer, I do not administer fines. You you look at the film. <laughs> Holy crap! Just no, as you no, said no, that, they no. brought out a bunch of food to me here. So wait a minute. No. One more time. You you just view no. it. You don't hand it down. No. So the process is is myself and James Thrash. If players are fined and they're fined uh, through John Runyon and his team at the yeah. NFL, then the player will appeal that fine. That's where myself and James Thrash steps in as the appeal officers. So guys plead their case to us, and we need to do three things. <laughs> we uphold the fine, we reduce the fine, or we rescind the fine. <laughs> So what? that is our role. We don't – I tell players, I tell them all Tyler, I don't find you. Okay? That's clearly – I say, but I am the judge, jury, and some cases, you know, execution. It sounds like you, you have a pretty significant role in that process to me. But, no, I, I get I, – I do get – what you're saying here what what's the uh you mentioned you know the the triple threat here what's the uh, outcome to one of those three things that happen 
with every argument? The most well, normal outcome. Well, it, it just depends, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, our, our job is to continue the education process of this game and to make our game safer for all the men, you know, that's out there playing it. You know, it's a different game than when I played in my time, and guys are very conscious of that. Uh, whether it's, you know, the, the I will say the hits, you know, most things now is, you know, the helmet, you know, get your helmet in, helmet out, head and shoulder area, trying to protect guys, you know, from anything from that to, you know, other on-field disciplines, hits on quarterbacks, fighting, pulling guys off piles. I mean, it's anything that goes on on the field, you know, you do have an opportunity. There is an opportunity for the NFL to, to hand down a fine. So, and so again, in some cases, I, I disagree. Uh, and I rescind the fine. In other cases, it may not be to the degree uh, that they fine and we reduce it. In other cases, we uphold it if uh, I feel the NFL was right. Um, hey, Derek, being a part of this, is it the uh... – is it the best way to handle it from what you've gathered over the years doing this? Is this the best way to handle, you know, the discipline that goes down to the NFL with what you guys are all all doing and concentrating as a part of together? Yeah, when you talk about on-field, yes, and that's the part that I am a part of is on-field uh, conduct and actions. And it goes through a litany of communities from the player safety committee, which is it's half players, owners, GM coaches to our competition committee, which is made up of everybody that's invested in the game. So uh, to medical uh, committees, I mean, you have a lot of areas and touch points that we're that we're a part of and trying to keep uh, our game the best game possible and the most safest game uh, out there possible. And every year there are going to be things that come up where there's area of improvement and we just try to stay proactive in doing it. And it's no, dis- no different than the discipline process. And I think one critical thing that uh, players over the years that have been doing this for so long gets to understand that this appeals office position, which myself and James Thrash serve, it was created by the CBA. So we're unbiased. <laughs> we don't work for the league. We don't work for the union. We work for the CBA. We work for both. So we have no allegiances but to anything, and and that's the game. And doing all we can to continue to educate, make our our game safer, and make it better because we're a part of it. So Derek Brooks, the Hall of Famer, joins us. I do want to talk some football with you and about walk-ons, obviously, but I'm interested in this. Do you ever second-guess yourself with these situations? No, I try to go – I honestly uh, try to put myself through every possible scenario to know when I go lay my head down at night that I've made the best decision possible with the information I was given. And some people are going to agree with it, some are not, especially when it comes to suspensions. Uh, whether it's late hit, conduct, et cetera, over the years, you know, I take my time, I – I value everything that everyone tells me, especially the players. When I'm communicating with them and having conversation, they know I am going to listen to them. I'm going to give them my ear, both of them. Uh, At the same time, they respect how I handle the process because I give them respect, they give it back. Even though they may disagree, 
with some of my decisions, they know that it went through a process with me and the decision and the information and the testimony wasn't taken lightly. Even though they may disagree, they know they was treated fairly in the process. And that's, that is, is what's important to me. That is Derek Brooks right there. I was just talking to Stephen Holder, somebody that spent many years covering you down in Tampa oh, yeah. for the yeah, yeah, the Tampa yeah. Tribune. Um, he brought this up, and uh, just by talking with you in the last five minutes, I can understand how this is incredibly true that that you were the the lead voice on most things in that locker room, and I, I can't tell you how invaluable that type of personality is in any locker room, much less an NFL locker room. Did you take that seriously, that leadership value? Because it's obvious what you brought to the field talent-wise, athleticism, all of it, the total package defensively. But did you take that leadership value that sincerely in day number one when you started in the NFL? Uh, Yes, and and I waited my time uh, to serve the leadership role. Uh, Hardy Nickerson was our uh, defensive captain and team leader uh, for two to uh, three, three to four years uh, before uh, it was my time. And I, I, again, debt of gratitude to him for just showing the way to be a professional. And when it was my time to step up and take that leadership role, uh, I studied for it, to be honest with you. Uh, I had to, I really went to study, hey, what is a good leader? At the same time, what is a leadership role? The role of leadership and being a leader. And, you know, the things that I learned through this, this process is, hey, you're not a leader if no one's following. <laughs> no matter yeah. what you, you may right. think yourself. And in order to get people to follow, you got to listen. And you got to be authentic. And I think that is uh, probably some of the greatest compliments my teammates have paid me all these years and say they know my relationships with them were genuine. Secondly, they know where they, they were important. And I walked to walk and talked to talk. And lastly, yeah. I gave everybody space to be themselves. And when it came to, you know, stepping up and being accountable, I was the first one in front of the bus, you know, in terms of, of taking it for the team. And that just wasn't on the field. It was off the field. And just over the years, I just continued to earn that equity with all the men on the team. And it didn't matter if you were my teammate for five minutes, five years, or 15 years. I was going to treat you the same. And you you knew that uh, I was going to be genuine in doing it. And it took a lot of work. <laughs> That's why uh, a lot of people don't step up when it's time to do that because it is a lot of work. But, again, I believe God put me in a position to be a servant leader. And I just try to do the best I can. Hey, Derek, there's not a day off anything, anytime, any place in what you just described. There's no day off. <laughs> no, I, I didn't expect it either. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there can't be if that's who you want to be. I mean, there can't be. I mean, every different angle. No, you, you just find your ways to do it. I was blessed, man, to never miss a game, uh, punch every day of that clock, but, but through it all, you find your ways to do it. And that's where I feel in studying the leadership role, there's certain times where you're still the leader, but you, you delegate. You put certain people in certain situations to be their own leader and be comfortable in their own skin and their own role to do it. 
And that, to me, that's a, that's a place of rest because now you're giving someone else a place to grow. And I honestly uh, was very conscious about doing that. Well, I'm ready to follow you anywhere right now. Let me tell you. I'm surrounded by uh, a, a group of your colleagues here, and I can understand why you're a part of it. The Hall of Famer Derek Brooks is with us. Uh, what, what made you uh, want to be a part of walk-ons here where we're broadcasting live from today here in Andy, Derek? Oh, man, it's the same process uh, from uh, meeting Brandon Landry, uh, one of the principal owners years ago. And wanted to be a part of this franchise uh, and this team. Uh, but I wanted to wait for the right situation, uh, the right city, the right people to be in partnership with. And it took them about six about six years of recruiting <laughs> before, you know, I, I came uh, across Wade Cornbiff and Todd, uh, who's there right with you. And uh, just getting to know them, say, hey, these are my guys. This is who I want to be a part of with this brand and this group. And it doesn't surprise me that it's, it's right there in downtown Indy. And for what everything that Todd brings from his background and, you know, being up there in business and him knowing the pulse of that area to what Wade brings from behind the scenes and numbers and, and me from the relationship part, we feel we have something to offer uh, that space and place in downtown India in terms of food and experience that hasn't been done before. And we want to ask everybody to give us a chance to be a part of it and, co- and come help sell and tell our story, uh, to be honest with you. We we want to uh, be that that uh, current where it says rising tides raise all ships. We want to be that current to get that that high rising tide that lifts everybody up. And we want to earn the, tr- earn the trust of the business community. Uh, there in Indy. Todd has it because he's been there and done it, but he hasn't done it with me and Wade, and we want to earn our equity and, and jump in and be a part of, uh, of the community. Start with you by having you uh, be a partner of us and, and bring your show and, uh, to us. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, have, you able to more, have you on a consistent basis here with us, but there's just some small steps that we want to take in terms of earning the business trust of the people of Indianapolis that come through our doors and have the best experience possible. Well, I've known Todd for 16 years, man. There's nobody better. I mean, you, you I tell you what, you guys all partner up like this. Some some great folks. And I, well, I'd love to talk with you whenever you have the opportunity to come on the show. But we'd love to see you down here at some point. Will you make an appearance or two here in India walk-ons at some point? Yes. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, the first one I was scheduled to make is when we was, we was opening. But uh, I had to get four wisdom teeth taken out. And uh, it was advised that if I thought that was tough. If I decided to get on a plane and come up there, I'd probably still be recovering from having those teeth taken out. But, yes, I, I do plan uh, on coming up there, uh, not just once, but uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, i got a bunch of friends, as you know, over in the coach family and, and yeah. part of the paper. So I – Again, plan on earning the trust of the business community by being present. How many people? How many people do you uh, stay in touch with in and around the Colts organization? Oh man, you know, you you name it. Starting with uh, uh, G, uh, GM to uh, I mean, great thing. Cato June is back there on the coaching yeah. staff. You know, obviously Gus was my defensive coach. At, uh, here with the Bucks, and uh, now he's, right. you know, their defensive coordinator. Obviously, I talked to 
some of the players in this process more than I, I need to. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know them. And, again, uh, that's just some of the, the people that obviously the players, man. Uh, Darius Leonard turns down in Tampa, and I hope he stays healthy this year, man, to get back on that field and have a, a bigger impact. And, and now that uh, Mr. Richardson has been there, and hopefully he's an answer at the quarterback position that the uh, Colts have been looking for uh, since Andrew Luck left. And no doubt about that. By the way, we figured out here collectively um, November the 26th when the Buccaneers are here. You've got to be here for that, don't you? That, right? That's one of the dates we talked about. <laughs> but, I'm, but, but here's the thing. I'm coming as a businessman. I'm not coming as a Bucks fan. I understand. <laughs> uh, we all understand want, that. Hey, I listen. Because hey, I want I want to leave like I came in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we just we just want to hang, man. That's it. I, I want to have you on as as much as you want to come on and and certainly be here because uh, it's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it, and and really we haven't even talked about football a bunch, but it's just uh, enjoyable to talk. Congratulations on everything from the Hall of Fame to to your gig right now and obviously here being a part of, of walk-ons, Derek. And, man, whenever you get to town, let me know so we can get you on the show or whenever you want to call into the show, do it. Uh, the, the door and the phone is always wide open for you. You know that. Well, thank you. And I look forward, again, to uh, building this relationship. And it, you bet your butt it's not the first nor will it be the last time you hear from me. Believe me. You, you got it, Derek. 